0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Midnight Festival podcast, a late night talk show focused around the discussion and analysis of video games. I'm Jade, host one out of the three total hosts on our show.
1: I'm Kaiwa, the second of third hosts. And I'm Cole, I'm the
2: third of three total hosts for tonight. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Crosscode, a
0: retro inspired 2D RPG, a love letter to the 16 bit era. Um, this game is a bit of an action, action-based role-playing game with very heavy puzzle elements. Um, you know, level-up mechanics, equipment, skill trees—kind of standard RPG fare, but with a with an action-based coat of paint. Um, I had a really good time with this game. Um, I'd assume that you both had the same experience, some somewhat.
1: Yeah, I did have a really good experience with the game, but uh, I also struggled with it a lot. I found that it was a very difficult game. Uh, the puzzles were powerful. Uh, <laughs> powerful puzzles. Yeah. How about you, Cole?
2: Um, the puzzles. I really liked the puzzles in this game, mostly because they were they were mostly logic puzzles. Very. Uh, very zelda-like yeah in the way that you interacted with stuff but you know for, like an adult zelda in that in that respect so hard there were definitely some hard ones in there for sure that could take you know multiple dozens of minutes to to just wrap your head around but i liked that mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I liked certain puzzles in the game, but there I remember there was a certain point when the puzzles got substantially harder. I think it was uh, once you get to that jungle area, mm-hmm. I really started having uh, extreme difficulty with the puzzles. And I was just like, oh, it must be a fluke. It must be just this one dungeon that was just way harder. Yeah. But then <laughs> I had no idea what was to come.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh I had some I had some I had some qualms with the puzzles as well. But yeah, I had the similar I had a similar experience with with uh that jungle zone chapter 8. But stuff
2: really seems to pick up there in a lot of respects.
0: Yeah. Exactly. One of the things that I found, maybe this is getting a little too into the nitty-gritty mechanically too, but one of the things I found was that the game was it, like kind of hard uh in combat um because you have your both both your player level and then your gear level and it's it's pretty pretty damn easy to get under leveled in your gear which oh really affects your your combat prowess and yeah, unless absolutely. you spend a lot of time like hitting um like farming hitting uh hitting plants or by like killing guys, for a long time to get a combat streak you know to get higher drop drop materials drop rate stuff increases if you have a higher uh
1: like combat rank which yeah, is yeah like when you have to you have to be in an active killing spree yeah you have in to in order be... to get those deep rewards from the plants and rocks and the and just the drops of the
0: of the enemies as well and i found like it was kind of hard for me cuz i you know i i i'm not you know i don't know i i was just like was playing through the game i did i did a quite a bit of side quests but i didn't um you know really put a lot a lot a lot of time into farming equipment and stuff and i found that it was it was pretty challenging pretty challenging combat wise
2: there's definitely some spikes in the difficulty especially i think at the garden like we said mm-hmm. where you were given d- the different elements that you can use to to counter enemy uh, resistances and exploit their weaknesses, and you have to be swapping between those pretty frequently and they change your entire move set uh, and they they give you different resistances when you switch to them. It's almost like your mind is going a hundred miles a minute, yeah, sitting here trying to to work out the combat, which is a fast-paced puzzle in and of itself Mhm.
1: Yeah, and certain enemies can only be, you know, killed by certain element types. Yeah, they all have weaknesses and
2: resistances and whatnot.
1: Yeah, and honestly, it feels like the game kind of starts out very simple, and the difficulty just ramps up. You can gauge it perfectly by how many elements you have. Because the more elements you kind of collect along the way, the, the more combinations of like these elemental attacks you'll need to defeat these enemies. And the game's willing to throw harder and harder foes at you.
2: I thought it was a decent progression curve, honestly. Uh, but I'll, I'll always just say that that garden, where, where they introduce the choice of whichever you prefer first, but they introduce two elements at the same time, and so they know that they have to give you obstacles that utilize both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say that was the biggest leap for me in the game. But otherwise, I thought it was pretty smooth because you usually only have to rely on the one element you get in that area. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have
0: too much, pro-
2: too too many issues with combat until
0: that point, until the jungle and and something. And then went. you started getting gear checked. Huh? Yeah, I started getting hard checked yeah. with my with my gear for sure.
2: But I, that was just kind of an interesting thing. I don't know, like I, I doing side quests and you know just killing enemies along the way. Um, I'm, I don't know how similar my experience is f- for you guys, but you know I, I think that my gear was always a little under leveled, but it was decently on par. But I didn't play. I didn't go out of my way to do any enemy chains or anything either. <clears> I was just doing the side quests, and it seemed okay until. Maybe the last third of the game, and then gear just couldn't keep up. Mm.
0: Yeah, your skill can only take you so far, too. You need you need those
2: numbers. You need those numbers to do. You need those numbers to do good damage. They make fights kind of a slog if you can't be dishing out damage. And I thought there was some interesting ways to get around having low gear, oh, though. Yeah. Like uh, all the different food buffs, and you know, as your skill tree opens up. Yeah,
0: how is the how is the how is the eating boy? How is your game built Yeah, eating I was time? about
1: to say, yeah, I ate my way through Bloodstained, and I ate my way through CrossCode as well. <laughs> uh, I just, the easiest way to overpower the enemies in the game for me, like always, go to the nearest restaurant, buy yourself a nice meal or two, go right back into the fight, and now that boss is a piece of cake.
2: I'm curious how that works out for you in this game, though, because they have a check in place for food buffs. You can only eat one thing every like uh 10 seconds or so. Yeah. And they cap the amount of buffs you can get from them.
1: Yeah, and you can be interrupted. Yep. Yeah. You can That was the hardest aspect animation. for me. Yep, there's an animation. Different foods have different eat times. Um but yeah, that was that was just a minor obstacle for me. I'd still find a way to get that food into my mouth one way or another. In <laughs> you did a, a food so,
2: build. You were specking into
1: all the consumable things, or what? No, I didn't actually speck into any consumables. I uh, I just overstocked. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hmm. So if I uh, yeah I was so pressed to find good gear throughout the game that I was not really building as many. You know, things I was just trying so hard to keep my gear at max level possible because I would myself I was leveling up so fast and uh, advancing through the game pretty quickly as well. And then uh, all the time, the enemies were just exponentially po- more powerful for me. But that's probably that's again the food build when you're spending all of your money and time collecting food items <laughs> instead of gear yeah. items. <laughs> This
2: was another game for me where I thought food, you know, they're consumables and you won't need them. So then I never used them or I rarely used them. And I ended up with just a massive stock of items that I never would use.
1: And then, yeah, some food items were consumable or were used to build gear and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like you had to be careful about eating certain foods or you just wouldn't be able to construct this epic piece of gear not easily anyway yeah yeah there are some there was some
0: creative ways to get around that some of that stuff though too like uh like uh wave there's there's four elements yeah. for you know for you can get four elemental sort of augments to your your skills and your abilities in the game uh, there's a fire element an ice element an electric element and then wave which is like a sound wave or something Um, yeah that one that one was weird wave I remember the one of the wave abilities oh yeah and you go down these different trees on each of them too which basically give you have two different choices for each of your attacks essentially for how you know what kind of skills you want and I remember the wave one for the, the shooting skills there was one where you shot a bunch of balls out and then you'd absorb health for all the damage you did and so I did that instead of eating like I would just shoot the fuck out of guys, and to yeah. heal up big time, and then and
1: for that reason, I have to say that wave was my favorite element. Ooh, yeah, okay, waves. Yeah, that favorite. was the tanky element yeah. for sure. Yeah, wave just, had the uh,
0: longevity. Like, yeah, wave was good.
1: And did and once you get far enough down one of those lines, you uh, lines of attacks that is, you unlock the the sort of ultimate attack for that tree. Yeah. And I absolutely loved the one for Wave. You just shoot this mega huge. It was called Karma. Yeah. And you would just blast out this massive shot that would hit an enemy. It it would show you the trajectory of the path. So if you wanted to like do a trick shot, slows time for you, and you blast this mega damage attack into the enemy, and it I've never seen it not one shot whatever it, it it touched. Whoa. So, that's badass. Yeah, I didn't get that The skill far. tree
2: was very cool. The skill tree was way They're, cool. They had, in each, each, each one had, not only you could go down those lines and choose the ones that diverge. You could choose, oh, wow. I want the, the, the maximum power version of this or this. But they each had one where it was almost like an ultimate skill that combined everything from the two paths. You didn't even need to choose it. This one would go straight out from the center, and that's how you knew and the wave one was the, the block one. It just... If you wanted to heal, that was the way to go, I thought. the, Well, I gotta be honest. I never...
0: <laughs> Alright, first I'm gonna say... Another cool thing about the the skill tree was that you can swap freely. Like, you didn't have to spend points. So if you wanted to try the other skills, you could just swap between them for free. Which mm-hmm. is way cool. Um, That was very nice. But I... I never used guard skills,
2: and I never used dash skills. Ever. I think that's, that's fair, and there's some reasons for that for me as well. Yeah, so I never used the guard
0: one or the block skill or whatever um, on anything. <laughs> I never used the dash skills either. I don't know how much of a handicap that was, but I got through the game. You know, I got through it.
1: Yeah, the only guard skill I personally ended up using was the uh, neutral element. Uh, guard skill. Which one? Just because... uh, Sorry, yeah, I guess I should speci- specify which tree. The one where it, it's just a permanent overshield for you. And it just sticks around... Well, not a permanent. It just sticks around for like maybe 20 seconds or so. Mm. And then goes away. But it just decreases all damage you take during that time. So ultimate tank... uh, Ultimate tank ability.
2: <laughs> that one sounded good, but I it's probably one of the few I never... Even you know tried to use. I just kept accidentally doing the the other one over and over every time I <laughs> yeah. wanted to do my dash skill.
1: Yeah, guarding in general, though, to be honest, seems like kind of a a moot skill overall because you still take damage from the attacks. The, mm. I guess the only unless you do true a perfect benefit, guard. Or whatever. Mm, I don't know. Yep, a perfect guard, I suppose, is it's kind of like the counter of this game that you yeah in certain enemies you kind of needed to use that counter
2: Mm -hmm. i had a lot of success with basic guards in that game and i really really liked the skill i think it's called royal guard because if you had let's say for example the bird enemy in the garden that would shoot a machine gun at you and oh, if, you, yes. if you timed your guard and got a perfect guard on the first bullet, the rest of them would just hit the shield like normal, unless you had this royal guard or whichever skill, I forget the name exactly. And then you could perfect guard the first one and the rest comes so fast that they're also completely nullified. Had to mm-hmm. have it personally. Yeah. Interesting. Yep, I never never guarded. I just dashed around.
1: <laughs> yep, dashing in like in vulnerability windows. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and just moving out of the way of some very obvious projectiles a lot of the time can be enough to to stop you from taking any damage at all whereas you have to pull out this perfectly timed guard. Yeah, I don't know. It could just be a little difficult. So maybe guarding is a an elite sort of style elite of combat.
2: Gamer. I had a lot of fun doing both, I'll say that much. They were both very useful in different situations. I think yeah, yeah the combat that was a little bit if you weren't guarding.
0: The combat was awesome like it was really fun it was so fast-paced it felt so good when you're like cleaving through enemies um like especially in just regular regular combat situations not not bosses per se but i think normal 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 fights were always really really fun and you know what i wish they had more of in the game mm. pvp fights yeah because those agree. those oh, yeah. duels were like so intense They were so good. They really were. And it was... Like, one of the problems I have with... I don't know if it's really a problem with bosses, per se, but one of my qualms, I guess, is that bosses are just kind of like puzzles, too. Uh They don't really feel like bosses. They just feel more like... Maybe save a couple... Save for a few bosses. But there were some that were just like... It's just the, the... It's the boss thing. It's always the boss thing in games like Zelda you know you have to hit the guy you know three times you have to expose his weak spot three times and hit it three times but otherwise you have to throw a bomb when he reveals his thing or like there's all these dumb puzzle things like that and there's like you know crosscode has the basically the exact same thing with health bars they had they section them off so Mm -hmm. once you reveal the enemy's weak point and are able to attack them even if you save up your skill points for a huge mega blast you can't get it past a certain threshold. You can't damage them past a certain threshold. So then you're just sitting there waiting for another phase of the fight to expose the weak point again. Even though you could, you know, you could have damaged it past then. But it just, you know, some sometimes I felt like I was just waiting around a lot in, in boss fights in the game. But for normal fights and those PvP fights, like, I was on edge and the, the combat felt so responsive and, and just so good
1: yep the, the pvp fights were pretty awesome i have to say they weren't like the boss fights at all uh only the the fact the only thing that would stop you from just going all out on an opponent is simply just beating them down and then having to do that again and like another five times yeah. to win that pvp match so yeah there's uh, the, a
2: lot to be said about the pvp i think yeah the pvp yeah, true.
0: was interesting for sure very interesting. It was like a whole different style of gameplay, almost than anywhere else any found anywhere else in the game.
2: That they should That's have true. definitely had more. I, I didn't. I messed up for sure, oh. and I reloaded because I, I wanted to perfect the first PvP, and I didn't really realize how it, it does play differently than bosses, but even regular encounters, because you can't just wildly swing. They specifically are avoiding you and you have to wait for an opening it's very hard to catch them out otherwise
0: yeah and yeah that's the that's the interesting thing about pvp fights too is because they switch up like apollo will switch his elements too and do different attacks which will leave him open at different times and then sometimes those openings are feints and he'll be like fucking idiot and he'll like perfect guard (laughs) you and punish you for trying to exploit his opening they were just like really fun it was super intense i wish there were just a little bit more of those against maybe someone other than a spheromancer but they probably only balanced the game around the spheromancer um you know character class because you know this is taking place this game is taking place in an mmo world and there are you're in a game we neglected to say that you're playing a
2: game in a game
0: you're playing a game you're in an mmo you're logged into an mmo Um, with character classes and i'm sure that they only really balanced the game around spheromancers even though there's like five classes or something like that
1: right yeah Yeah. i agree yep and they all have their own distinct skills and skill trees allegedly
0: yeah but it's funny if we're looking at this from an mmo standpoint um all the gear is the exact same for every class so like yeah. yeah wizards will have like the same blades and spheromancer weapons and gear even though they're like supposed to be clothies, you know. But well, I am mean, sure. Like...
2: Yeah, I'm sure there there's some excuses to be made for that. But you yeah, can definitely just... tell. Oh, I'm playing a, an actual offline game where they're only <laughs> catering to Spearomancer.
0: Well, you know what? Um, one of my favorite games. Everyone knows Dot Hack. Um, they actually ah, you love had, that one. They actually had different gears for different character classes. So I don't
2: know. I mean, Something that you could never. I, I won't get with. into an MMO spiel, but. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's very easy to only show equipment for your own class in like a yeah. shop or to have it drop or something
0: no but if you look in their gear in their gear if you look oh in their yeah friends' gear,
2: other people's gear yeah that's yeah. very true
0: they're equipping the exact same
2: items hey i have, a, you have. a broken blade but uh i cast spells what's up <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's what's, all right that's yeah there's some, funny there's some credence to that
1: yeah speaking of looking into people's parties what did you guys think about the party system for the game? Ooh, yeah, this could be a fun thing, Cole. <laughs> oh me
2: me, yeah. Uh I actively avoided using it at all times and any time the story made me take a party member I was upset. Oh, I wow. I probably missed out on a lot of the dialogue and interactions. Oh yeah. Because you, you you chat with your party members and they go, Oh my god, you're a you're a serial killer, you're a murderer as you go around killing all the little <laughs> animals for like ten minutes. But
1: jay sweet (laughs) (laughs) i
2: i I would always kick them out but i thought the party thing was very cool and played well into the the mmo structure of the game
1: yeah yes absolutely
2: i liked the i liked having party members not
0: only because they actually pulled their weight in combat um but yeah a lot of the character interaction was was pretty fun it was like it it spiced up some of you know backtracking and or you know exploring new areas they'd have you know different comments for each you know thing that they came across or enemy that you fought it was pretty good it was it was good
1: yeah some pretty funny character interactions too like citron
0: yeah they have they actually put kyle in in the game as <laughs> citron <laughs> every time that citron would say some some stuff i was like dude that's like that's kyle man that's totally yeah Kyo
1: talking about worms with five hearts
0: <laughs> Yeah, and talking <laughs> and, uh... about unnatural like geological formations there's no way this would <laughs> exist in real life yeah and i'm like dude kiowa's like talking about yeah this is the
2: exact same thing that Kaiwa would talk about bugs <laughs> the biggest difference i think is kiowa is much more reserved he, he says it when it's when it's cool and interesting and yeah you know Tronny. Never never stops ever for a second. Yeah, that's true.
0: Citron's a bit more of
2: a dork than Kyle is, I'd say.
0: But I, <laughs> a I, bit I more. still I found him a lot more oh, he was lovable. He was a good he was a good boy. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I just a funny thing about Citron is I thought it was uh so funny how at the very end of the game he's just like misses all the events of the game. This isn't really a spoiler or anything, yeah. right? Yeah. He just I just thought like he he had some stuff going on in real life and he just couldn't play for like a month. Which, so, you know,
2: that's yeah.
1: It's interesting to think about cuz some of that stuff
0: some of the characters missing and stuff. I don't, you know, that the passage of time in the game is really interesting cuz, you know, when you're logged out, you don't know how long you're logged out for. So it's like some people are like, "I got to go. Did this did this did all this did all of crosscode take place in like a week?" You know? like yeah i don't we could talk about that later too but it's it's interesting for sure but yeah
2: they handled a lot of stuff like that very well Mm i'm i you know i've got a few notes here talking praising the game and how it thought about how people would actually play an mmo and it really it really captures that essence very well in a lot of ways it does yeah i i want to talk about that definitely
1: uh more down the line I'd even go as far as to call it a, a postmodern MMORPG. Postmodern MMORPG, that's like hefty. That's that's a really that's nice. That's good. Right? I mean they've they've spent so much time uh just mapping out like the intricate details of the game and all of it just like the commentary from the other characters like the only way that you can really I think go and make a game like this is by just like, playing MMOs your whole life and knowing yeah. exactly what to expect in an MMO and then, like, writing all of the, the characters off of that.
0: Yeah, and the they did a really good job. I know it's just filler stuff, but particularly in the cities and in the areas, you know, that does a really, really good job of, of filling out these cities and making them look, like, populated with with characters running around yeah. and, and AFK hanging out you know, there's like people just chilling, which is awesome. And it was cool too. Like, it seemed like the further you got into the game, the less populated, um, like, the actual areas would be. Whereas I remember in uh, Autumn's Fall, or no, Autumn's Rise. What was the first one? Autumn's Rise? Yeah.
1: Uh, Rise?
0: Yeah, Autumn's Rise. There's right, characters right. like running around everywhere. And then in the desert, there's characters running around in all the um, just the explorable areas, not even in the town. But then after that it seems like there's just less and less characters running around and I just appreciated those details a lot. I thought it was really yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. And how you can even follow those characters and like if you're stuck on a puzzle or a jump or something you can literally just watch some randoms do the exact jump that you're trying to do and then be like, <laughs> "Oh my god, okay, so I'll just mm-hmm. pro. hop up this this little ledge over here that I didn't even see." So
0: Yeah, and you know I don't know. They did a really really good job with with the uh, MMO like experience. And I have a lot of experience playing MMO like offline games. So this one <laughs> is a
2: very specific subgenre.
0: <laughs> this one's this one's got
2: the, the seal. It's got the certification. And how does this compare to dot hack then, you know, where in crosscode you can bring out your, your little Uh, analyzer your scanner and you can highlight Mm -hmm. all these players and see their their ridiculous mmo names (laughs) is (laughs) that something in other games usually because i really Um, like that
0: i liked that a lot too but in dot hack uh no in dot dot hack felt like the. i remember in dot (laughs) this is so this is such a particular thing to be talking about here this old shitty ps2 game dot (laughs) hack um but in dot hack i remember they were like I think it was like 10 million or 1 million or something like that. There was it was a big exorbitant number of of people that they were they oh, were like yeah. holy shit there's, there's all these people who play The World, the online game The World. And then you log in and you look you're running around the town and there's like t- like maybe maybe 10 people, probably less um just mindlessly running around and then fields are instanced so, of course, there's not going to be players running around there. But it's just a desolate, empty MMO. But, yeah, I mean, this game feels so much more alive. And it's not even a 3 It's 2D. This game, yeah. I can just tell, um, while playing it, I felt like it had so much heart. Like, this game is... It feels... I don't want to get all mushy. I don't want to get all mushy and like, <laughs> <Yeah>. emotional. <laughs> mushy. But... but this game, I don't know, it feels like it really has a lot of, like the developers really loved the game and cared I a lot about it. I specifically
2: wrote a note about that too where I thought, was this a one-person project and I missed that uh, or I don't something? Think so. Cause no. I don't think so either, but I for sure wrote, this is like a passion project. This feels full of character. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I don't think any other game really compares to it, honestly. There's just, uh, there's not, there's a lot of games that are like kind of about like an MMORPG within a game, but I don't think I've ever seen one to go into as great of detail as cross-code of just like story building and universe building where you feel like this, this whole land was just like so painstakingly made and every single thing in the game is just like, like again, back to that postmodern MMORPG. Mm. It's just like a, a comment on mmos in general i suppose
2: yeah that's
0: good yeah i it's interesting like even just looking at the last game we covered bloodstained like that was supposed to be you know igarashi coming back to make his like his signature series and between love and character wise you know this game i feel has just so much more you know heart like a hundred times more yeah Mm yeah
2: And that n- nothing against Bloodstain, but for nothing sure. Nothing at Cross all against Code is just totally <laughs> in its own league. It's definitely, yeah. Totally. For sure. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Character
1: interactions make a whole lot of sense. I feel like everyone is just like so well thought out, each of the characters. And then compared to, you know, something like Orlock Dracul fighting you. <laughs> for, for no reason <laughs> yeah. for doing for lo- loaning you a book in the first place just is yeah, why referential
2: material only for hardcore gamers yeah <laughs> um what was I oh
0: speaking I remember we were talking just a bit about I wanted to talk about the exploration we talked a lot of or a oh. bit about the combat and I'm sure we can we can dive into that a little more mm-hmm. but the exploration was uh, was was really good I thought Um, sometimes it felt a little counterintuitive because the way the game works, you get to a new area and then you have all these different zones to explore to get to the city, which is usually the path to get to the dungeon to unlock the uh, element that helps you explore the area more.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt that too.
0: The exploration, it kind of felt like, a waste of time to do it sometimes. This is just a side note. This is, one of my, this is one of my nitpicks, actually, about the game. This is one of my few nitpicks. Actually, I have a couple. I have a handful of nitpicks. Actually, I have
2: a few hundred.
0: Yeah, I got a handful. I got, <laughs> I got a couple hundred nitpicks, and this is one of them. This is just one of them. Let's hear it. Exploration. Um, it felt super counterintuitive to explore an area uh, before, like, the, the end of the game, basically. Because the first time you get to an area, you don't have the element that helps you get to get past certain obstacles. And then you also don't have all these keys. You get different keys to unlock chests. So you can't even get everything that you like work, you know, a puzzle to unlock. So it just felt like kind of a waste waste of time. I remember I think it was in the desert where I did this big, long jumping puzzle thing, which those are Okay, I'll get into that. That's a good that's a that's yeah a I want to talk about, about this for now. I have
2: stuff to yeah. say too
0: um so you spend all this time jumping navigating around uh through multiple panels, multiple zones, and then you just get to a chest and you don't even have the fucking key to unlock it and you get those keys through the progression of the story. It's not like an optional thing, so it's like later in the in the next dungeon or the next next dungeon, you'll get the key to unlock this chest in this early a- area and Sure, in like a Metroidvania, sure, that's cool. But in this in this game where a lot of these jumping things are really, really super intricate and I can't be asked to remember. Asked, not asked. <laughs> I can't be asked to remember. I can't be asked to remember how to fucking jump across all these zones to get to this one chest. It just kind of bummed me out. And then there were like all these different things with wave like teleporting i remember the jungle is such a huge zone that it was like i i I don't even want to explore this until i get these abilities at all and uh yeah and at that point i'm pretty sure you have all the keys and everything too so but that was just one of my minor nitpicks was like these wonder like i spent so much time exploring autumn's rise and the desert and then i learned quickly that it was like oh i can't even get everything here i'm just gonna you know progress the story and then come back and it just felt like a lot of the wonder wasn't
2: there after that that's fair i think i agree to a strong degree
1: yeah it was definitely frustrating to stumble upon chests that were just totally inaccessible to you and it, and when you spent so much time trying to figure out a puzzle on how to get up to that particular chest and then only to find that it needs the ice element to be unlocked mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff stuff like that can definitely make you uh, less inclined to explore. You know, if there was that reward there, then that would be a, probably a, a whole different story.
2: I think the exploration's probably has m- most of my concerns in the game as well. And uh the strongest thing I'd agree with is the chests. It it doesn't make much sense to lock things behind chests and keys that you get in the story progression and then they give you the element pretty much at the exact same time unless you decide to to leave the dungeon prematurely so i don't understand why they did both um i still had fun exploring twice over but for sure it loses a little bit of the charm when you scour back through you've got map pins to help you remember where stuff is oh but that's my god that's not Dude, a the perfect
0: map fucking solution sucked the you map, think was the map bad. is
2: bad the map was bad yeah the map sucked.
1: anytime anytime in a game when there's like a map with multiple levels it's just too much for my little brain to handle <laughs> my smooth brain you
0: couldn't tell where you were like the dungeon oh. maps were fine i didn't have a problem with the dungeon maps but the world map like of of an over over an area like it's just a big ass square with not like it's featureless <laughs> And when you're trying to pin, like, oh, there's a chest, like, you know, Genshin Impact or Zelda or something, you have to be like, am I in the bottom left of this fucking massive square? I guess I'll just put a chest here. (laughs) And there's like no, you know, because there's no indication for you on the map, and there's no features on this big feature. They should have had a map marker
2: for you at the very, very least. I was fine with the map, but that that that's a little strange that you just had to ask yourself okay which part of this map am i into? i have to approximate where i am to mark this you have to approximate everything <laughs> like and and for something where
0: it's like those chests we were talking about marking those specifically it was just a, a chore and i wish i could have marked like oh the puzzle starts here you know or something like that but it was just so yeah featureless map i don't know they should have just had you know a little bit more detail on those i think and i would have been i would have been fine but
2: yeah i'm okay if they would have just had a map marker for leah that would that's all i could ask for
1: yeah that would be perfect or even just even if they wanted to keep like the square edges the 90 degree angles at least just add a few like little corners or curbs to the map so you get like a slight shape to the uh like at least that let the shape of the room that you're in somewhat That's match. True too, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The um, dimensions of what of what level you're actually on. But
0: yeah, like as far as exploration goes, like exploring felt like a bit of a puzzle too, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, and and in in this respect I really really liked it cuz it felt really rewarding to be above, you know, like when you finally figure out how to get to the area above like that you've been seeing this whole time oh. and then you're like yes and then you jump and jump and you're like fuck yeah it just felt it felt really really rewarding and interesting to to be hunting those hunting those down except when you miss a jump because the uh, isometric camera and the it's like kind of hard to tell depth mm-hmm. in with the graphics specifically and then all of a sudden you fall down and you're like, uh, uh, and you have to go all the way back around. Yeah, it was the camera and the graphics. It's kind of hard to tell sometimes with the the platforming and stuff where you're jumping. And uh, I mean, the graphics are fucking gorgeous. Like the the sprite work is excellent, and the the backgrounds are so cool. But it's it's definitely a bit hard to tell like layers and and depth and height.
2: I that's my absolute number one biggest thing against crosscode for me is perspective is its greatest enemy especially for platforming to a degree puzzles and combat nothing is worse in crosscode than the fact and they can't do anything about it. it is just perspective you have no depth i i share your pain in all those instances you mentioned
1: yeah just there are times when i would just leap against this like like something a jump that you thought that you're on the same level and then it's just one level higher and you spent so much time getting up to that point you jump and it looks like it's on your same level like visually identical indistinguishable but then it turns out you were just not on that level (laughs) and you go falling all the way down
2: it goes the other way too when you jump from a higher platform and they you want they intend for you to go to a lower one and it's not to yep. the side so you, or even if it is to the side sometimes and you just have to make a leap of faith because it doesn't look like you'd make it and you know sometimes you just do yeah i suppose that that's the hardest thing too because they do everything in their
0: power to you know for the most part to show the the pers- the, the differences in height and perspective like they do a pretty good job of dithering i think it's called hmm um, when things are higher, so you could see through it, yeah they do you know they do the best they can, but it's still just such a big like where platforming and whatnot are is such a big part of the game, and
2: puzzle solving it's just it's just hard in my opinion, earlier in the game, they made more of an effort, and it may be intentional to sort of mark the terrain in different ways with uh you know visual tells so that you would, at a glance, you'd say, oh, that is on a different level than where I'm at. Like, they'd put different stuff on it. And then later in the game, it it, it seems like stuff blends together more and it becomes harder and harder to differentiate, and you more often have to stop yourself and, and use your cursor and, like, aim to see if you're going to make it beforehand or not.
1: Yeah, or especially in, like, monocolor uh, environments like Vermilion Wasteland when everything for me was like that major hue of red in certain mm. areas it was really hard to tell you know the different different levels apart
0: yeah definitely some blending blending issues I,
2: I don't know how they could ever fix it but i don't think that they really could too much yeah
1: with the art the pixel graphics uh yeah i think just that top down perspective of like you said a 2d game will make it so it's just not exactly the best combination for, for a platforming game. But yeah, I mean, uh, aside from that, I, I guess I only had that problem probably like one out of 20 jumps that I made were just hard because of a visual issue. The other 19 times were because the jump was just plain hard to make. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, Speaking of jumping mechanics, yeah. Did you guys ever? Okay, I I don't know. I if... I
0: remember this.
1: I, I mentioned earlier how I found this like long jump. <laughs> yeah, you were like, how "Have to you guys do long been long
0: jump. jumping?" And then we're like, "No, what the fuck is that?" Long jumping.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there were. De- it's definitely longer than a normal jump, uh, by a long shot. You basically just... It's when you're on a, the second level of something. You have to dash off the edge of it a, until you block, basically. And then right as you block, you dash again for an, an even longer jump. Oh, and it yeah. just lets you yeah. basically jump and dash across the surface. So you get just a little, like, uh, an extra... I want to say on the screen, maybe like an extra centimeter of a jump.
2: <laughs> I did learn about that actually, but after I beat the game, when I was looking oh. up what I had left remaining to go do in the post game, I learned about that and you can for sure reach places you're not supposed to. And maybe you can sequence break. I don't know. Hmm. How, when did you find out about that? I How found early about did you start breaking games? Very
1: early in the game. I want to say, uh, by autumn's, autumn's rises autumn's rise i think i thought Mm. about it
2: i mean i'm almost interested in playing the game again just to break it with that
1: yeah i was trying the same jump what i found is that if you snaked your way like around certain ledges you can get like to areas where there there were plants that were definitely intended to be shot not Mm. to be meleeed um as far as sequence breaking, I I haven't really... They have these hard barriers. So they, like, uh, you know, like the the border between levels sometimes? Mm-hmm. There were these, like, sort of gates or, or, like, solid fixtures that were impermeable, could not be crossed no matter what. Yeah. And I think that's their way of keeping you from, like, accessing an area that you should never be able to access. Yeah, so. I
2: mean, hard sequence breaks... Might be few and far between, if any, but I imagine there's ones where you need uh you know like the wave teleport puzzles in the overworld. Mm. There might be jumps where you can utilize that little trick and get to them early and I'd be mm. really curious to oh know, but i didn't God. i didn 't play with it
1: yeah, with the waves i I sometimes found myself hitting those little green balls that you you shoot your wave out and then it goes through a wall and it wherever it lands it can teleport you to that location if it hits one of these little nodes. And I was hitting the wrong node frequently and it would teleport me to like the middle of the puzzle at one point. <laughs> and I had to just quit my game. I had to just quit it because there was no way for me to get back. Really? <laughs> yeah. there. I was just trapped in the middle of this, this land gate area and there was some timed gate that would let you into this area too. But I wasn't even supposed to be there because I had, like, knocked down another gate that was close by. So, basically, I was just trapped in between these gates now. And I had to reboot the game.
2: That's very interesting. Where was that? I don't...
1: That was in the wave dungeon.
2: <sighs>
1: the... Yeah, when you unlock the wave element.
2: That sucks. I didn't... that. And I, I also I didn't have the wave XB2. element
1: too. yet either to, to jump back to another thing so you had to like activate you know those those wave dispensers or those wa- when it turns oh, your projectile okay. into a wave and then it just kind of trapped me in this zone that i wasn't supposed to be in
2: that's very interesting i didn't know about that so you you locked yourself can't you just teleport out of the dungeon
1: uh i don't know I, yeah how could, do you yeah. oh yeah yeah that's right <laughs> I could have just teleported out of the dungeon. (laughs) But all the same, I would... I guess I just didn't want to lose my spot in the dungeon and go all the way back out, so...
2: If you were, I think you were, then yeah, I guess so. That that sucks, though, because those dungeons at that point of the game were... That's where everything was starting to get really hard, and I think that was a big... Those two were big struggles for us in different ways.
0: I think... This is one of my other big gripes about the game.
2: I can't wait. I'm sitting I'm sitting pretty, li- ready to listen to this, eager. My biggest gripe with CrossCode
0: is just Chapter 8 in general.
1: Oh my god. Um, yep.
0: Not getting into too many story things, too. Because
2: mm-hmm. uh, well, we'll talk well, about that story, later. Are there story issues for you in, in it, just yes yeah. or no okay also
0: in chapter eight there's story issues for me personally yeah but um the game is 10 chapters long usually it seems like you know the introductory chapters were pretty quick pretty quick and clean mm-hmm. um, but then subsequently like you go uh, i think it's chapter three or is it chapter two or I, I, either way it seemed like you're completing a dungeon every chapter for a while and the pacing of the story is good and you know you're learning your abilities at this nice rate where you have enough time to, to really get comfy with them. And uh, and then chapter 8 comes along, and it's like, guess what? Guess how many dungeons is in this chapter? One, like the rest, right? One, like the rest. Uh, No, that's wrong. Uh, Actually, if you were going to guess two next, you're wrong. It's <laughs> three. There's three dungeons in one single chapter. They're all fucking long, and you don't even really have a lot of time to learn these abilities before you have to put them to the fucking ultimate test. You have to put them to the ultimate test in all these puzzle gauntlets. and it an just enemy,
1: you know, an, an enemy enemies. in that grand temple, in the grand temple, literally says you must demonstrate mastery of both of these elements. <laughs> the ones
0: that you just got. You, you know. got
1: these elements five minutes ago.
0: Yeah. The pacing <laughs> of both the story and the dungeons is such it's bad. I don't, I don't like chapter eight at all because I almost maybe want to go into this more when we get into the story for sure. But mechanically, that's my biggest gripe is that you have a lot of time with your other abilities leading up to this point, And then it feels really super rushed. And subsequently somehow it's rushed as hell and also snails pace. I don't know how they managed to do, <laughs> I don't know how they managed to make it feel rushed and just slow as fuck, but like
1: yeah, I I totally agree. Just just the fact that those uh, that chapter eight was so long compared to the other chapters, like disproportionately so much more content in chapter eight. Just from anything from them throwing in little side quests that had really nothing to do with the main plot, like oh the uh, the Argonians are angry and they want uh, <laughs> they want their temple to be purged first before you go into the main dungeon. Uh... They're on strike. Uh oh, gamers on strike. <laughs> uh oh, there's um,
0: there's these snakes. These these big uh, towers coming out of the glitchy system thing like i don't even what the fuck was all that yeah stuff? okay
1: that was honestly what was that that was super drawn out that lasted so long it lasted like,
2: a long time yeah. lasted a long ass time
1: were those actual glitches in the game or were those scripted should we NSs? get into that
2: i i understand what it was but should we talk you about do it? you do know it was it yeah okay um, i mean
1: yeah spill it right now i guess yeah it's not a
0: big story thing so i do want to talk about a little bit about that
2: for sure what
1: were those poles there there is to a degree
2: in this story it's a little confusing to to the degree that i don't understand all of it but this is like a real place right this whole game takes place in a real planet oh yeah a real continent and there's this area called the track of the ancients like all of this takes place on some there there's all this lore about it. And they designed this game using like augmented reality, virtual reality particles or whatever. That's what your characters and the VRPs. The mm-hmm. game the game is made of is these particles and Evo That's Yeah, so <laughs> no. When we Avatars. <laughs> avatars. <laughs> when when they started trying to access this track, right? When they the started delving into it. The track is is real and it started, you know fighting back against them so they design- they had to like enclose them and that's what all this stuff is is the game uh, interfering with the track and whatever and that what? was the track fighting was... back fixing wow. trying to reclaim stuff
0: okay interesting cuz i thought the track was in the game i thought that was it, all it in game it could be war. it could be
2: in the game but either way you know, cuz that's a that's like a side quest right from an npc mm-hmm. to get access to the dungeon so so it would make sense that this is just an element of the game that they're making you do and the glitches weren't weren't real that's also very possible that you know that's something i'm confused about is is the track real and whatnot but
1: so that was not technically then part of the main campaign that was part of your campaign as leah Uh, that's what's interesting because yeah
2: everybody does every player have to do that Theoretically, within the game, to I think unlock, yes. to progress. I think that's yes, MSQ. the answer. I think that's a main story quest. I don't think that's a Leah thing. I think that's a game okay. quest. So that's um,
1: just them using using the evotar or the avatars for just cheap labor to no. keep fixing the track. Oh. Yeah, if the track is
2: real. If then the track yes. is real, then yes. If it's not, which I think actually is more likely, it's not real. Is mm. It's just a quest, and they just presented it that way. Is they interfered with this, with this uh, spot or that that monster you fight? Interfered with the spot, and it's just this track fighting back against you at their power plant. hmm It because that those those things you fight and you chase all the way out the the long drawn out part. Yeah. They, they were like nodes, to repair. like virus scanners looking for where the problem was. Yeah. Something to that effect.
0: Yeah, it was weird. I didn't know if it was supposed to be the games virus scanners or the tracks virus scanners.
2: Yeah, when you when you put it to the torch like that, I don't know for sure. Yeah.
1: They did summon those cats. Yeah. So those cute little cats. So maybe it was a scripted actual event. Yeah, mm-hmm. as we
2: talk about it more, I'm leaning into that was just a game event, but the they they build up enough lore. Of the track fighting back against <clears throat> them exploiting the area. that it, yeah. it made sense to me. That's something that I had
0: some trouble with too. <laughs> was, was realizing who is an and like Basically everyone you interact with is an NPC. And yes. they're scripted to say whatever
2: within this game. Either
1: an NPC or a real player. Or right? a player, but, yeah. but
2: most of the people you had actual conversations with. Yeah. Like real one. Not ones you were listening in or just caught wind of, but when you entered a dialogue. Uh Uh-huh. I think, yeah, that's what you mean. And
0: sometimes that's used, you know, to a funny funny respect because, you know, Leah, her speech module's broken. She can't talk. So, like, the NPCs will just be giving their, like, dialogue, even if she can't say anything. But sometimes it felt like, like specifically with that researcher, I guess, it was like... It felt like maybe she, well, no, because there isn't any humans in the playground, the quote-unquote playground, in the world, right? That was, that's supposed to be a weird thing. So there's no, yeah, that has to be an NPC, the, re- yeah. the
2: researcher. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yep. And there are, there are NPCs who don't act on scripts doing the same thing over and over. Some of them are actually in there actively administrating and doing and fixing things. Mm-hmm. So, whether or not that was a scripted quest, I guess we w- weren't paying enough attention to know. The jury's out the jury's, jury's out on that one right cool yeah. i I never questioned it before, but I, <laughs> apparently so
1: well yeah it it almost sounds like we're getting at the point where we're just ready to talk about some story elements well I don't maybe know our... maybe
2: you are but i have okay. so much to talk i, about. I am itching oh, sure. i'm
0: itching too i'm itching too i'll be i'll be yeah. honest i'm itching too but i just thought I since we were talking
1: war. about the bridge between uh reality and the game and it, yeah. what, it's just a whole
2: mess you know all of these different elements intertwine and that's what i think makes this game especially interesting is because each yeah. one is is executed very well on its own and then they mingle together very well too
0: yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely totally
2: you you see those um when you walk up to all those trader shops in a town you know i i thought oh this is really interesting because they've got these npcs set up to trade items with you and in a normal mmo i guess usually the it's usually reserved for like an end game you would collect currencies a lot in (laughs) these games and you'd exchange Mm -hmm. them and in this game that was like how you did all trades and i thought it was a very interesting way of of mingling that bit of real MMO sort of progression into this game at all points.
0: Yeah. It's
1: true.
2: It's it's
0: it's really funny to analyze the game as if it were a, a real MMO. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of wish it was. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it would be cool. It would be it very very interesting. I wanna I wish I could have seen more of the other classes. Cause they did have unique animations and attacks and stuff, so I wonder you know.
1: Maybe someday they can actually release a cross-code online. You know, Where? talking
0: Dot <laughs> Hack. You know, my favorite, one of my favorite all-time favorite games. Mm-hmm. They released a online version. Dot Hack fragment. Whoa! So it's not. It's not. You know. And was it it's any not good impossible? That like it. Uh, yeah.
2: It's got <laughs> a fan base. MMOs are so hard to actually do, though, is the problem, and I, uh, That's why I think this very niche subgenre is usually received so so positively or where people look on them fondly like dot hack i mean you are talking is... about it i know you hate its guts so much but you're, you're saying you love it um i don't know what that's about but you that's know true. clearly it 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 captured you in some way and they've all got these weird isekai feels is that appropriate <laughs> oh. or no
0: no that's not appropriate you don't think well, so <laughs> no, no.
2: I mean, it might be a blemish depending on what you think of an isekai, but for sure, um, when you are given a bit of detail about Leah earlier on, it feels maybe like this is an isekai. Crosscode could be an isekai, but the other the other ones, not like Dot Hack is
0: not an isekai. I'd say it's
2: not. Oh, I guess you can you can like log out and stuff in that one. Yeah,
0: you you can look at like the real world stuff going on. You're not transported to another. The whole thing about isekai is you just wake up in a in a foreign world. Which makes sense Where for... Where am I? Yeah, it makes sense for CrossCode because, you know, they have the old ye old story element of amnesia, except it's actually used pretty well in the game,
2: mm-hmm. unlike most other amnesias. Yeah, okay. That's true. That clears up some things for me, I guess.
1: Yeah, so right when when they talk about it being amnesia, and then uh, I, I was kind of, like, frustrated with that whole turn at first. Yeah. But... My frustration quickly faded.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like, you. There's there's a couple story things that instantly, you know, put me off, and one of them is a character has amnesia, mm-hmm. or the in media ray thing where it starts um, halfway into the story. Just to ki oh. you know, it starts halfway into the story, and then you go record scratch.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's yep. me. You might be wondering how I got here.
1: Let's start at the Huge. beginning.
0: Like yeah, I hate huge both.
1: Huge, giant turns in the plot out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, like they open like with the thing happening at the end, and it's supposed to keep your attention, and then they go to the very beginning of the story. It's like, why not start where the
2: story starts? That's why you hate FF fifteen.
0: FF fifteen.
2: Yeah, that's well, why that you hate that, that one so much, right? Oh
0: yeah, I didn't. I hated that. That pissed me off too. in that the beginning of that game because it could have just started with the the road trip thing, with them mm-hmm. pushing the car. Yeah. It should have just started with that. So
2: even a good game can get off to a bad start Persona by pulling 5. one of those. Persona yeah. five, yep, I didn't Persona like it 5, in that one either.
0: Yeah, it's just dumb. It's dumb. It's a stupid it's such a weak, like uncreative way to start a story. <laughs> I agree. Unless it like works in the story's favor
2: somehow. But it never ever does. But in cross code, of course, that doesn't actually happen. Right. Yeah, there's no so, immediate ray thing. So Whereas we're just, we're just talking about stuff we d- we don't like.
0: Yeah, but, you know, that it was just, you know, multiple things. Yeah, it doesn't start, it starts with the amnesia, and that's usually a big red flag for a story. So if you're starting this game and you the main character has amnesia and you go, ugh, fucking turn it off, please give it a chance because it's, it's actually good. It's actually good in this
1: game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amnesia is definitely an overused trope, but yeah, I, I bet there's certain people who played the game up to when they were like, "Oh, you have amnesia," and then they just stop playing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then they'll never know. And
2: they'll you're inside know. a video game in a video game, so that's like yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that's kind of a turnoff, I'd say, if you weren't really willing to to risk any more playtime.
0: Yeah, because you 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 think. When you hear the concept of you playing a video game where you're playing a video game and, you know, you instantly think, what story could be good told like this?
2: Yeah, I I had that impression too.
0: Yeah, like, you can't think a video game story in a video game. Like, how is that going to captivate you? But the lore and stuff, like, it's pretty crazy, you know, going back to the postmodern MMO thing, man. They, like, really thought out the lore and it's all such background information, but the lore of the story of the MMO, there's a lot of information out there for you to read, to like learn everything. And that oh, is yeah. insane to me because I didn't spend a lot of time reading all the notes and stuff. It seemed like everything was always explained, like in this, in the
2: log book that you got. And like yeah. compendiums the log book. like just... that I love in games. And this game had so much information. It was very useful, checked up on it a lot
0: yeah and this game is like a completionist's wet dream mm-hmm. Like, because everything is so meticulously organized and kept and there's numbers there's all these different numbers <laughs> there's like, lots you've of collected, numbers in this game you've collected oh but just in your logbook there's a lot of numbers and they keep a really good track of how many numbers you have they yeah. like they go you have ooh 10 out of 18 don't you want to just get the 18 to see 18 out of 18 and it's like on every single page of your little compendium they keep percentages there's like they keep such good
2: track of there's all the, the stats. stats screen yeah, yeah. Oh, and they oh, track even the, the map the shows you
1: how many uh chests you've unlocked yeah. in an area it's a completionist
0: wet dream dude there's things just showing you how how much you've done in every everywhere you look
2: everywhere you look I don't know if I'd call it a completionist wet dream. Why? Exactly. There's not There's not that much to actually go out of your way and complete, but the tracking, the tracking is very, okay. very good. Specifically, the tracking is is if you just <laughs> isolate that. Yeah, that bit is a, a, a completionist wet dream because lots of games don't have that kind of stuff. You just have to approximate, and that
1: sucks. I, that's true. One thing it... I'd noticed it doesn't have that typical MMOs would have. It uh, Crosscode lacks like any cosmetic items. Wrong. Ooh, well that's right. What? Then no. I'm wrong. Wrong. Well, there are things you
0: can do in the arena. There's some end game, post game stuff that you can like farm to get some like auras, some stuff around your character. Oh. There's like a cosmetic DLC
2: that you have to buy oh. for a dollar. You could be a ninja. There's otherwise some, oh. there's pets there are some codes you can put in at the start of the game that give you some extra content like a, a little santa hat oh. um, yeah,
0: it's nothing substantial it's like no gear swapping or armor switching or hair color changing or anything like that yeah but-
2: not really because you are a preset character for this story yeah, but- yeah
1: nothing in nothing in vanilla gameplay and they talk yeah, yeah, about but, it
2: too in the in the story As some characters talk about how they did you know their character customization to a degree but for the service of the story you don't do that and it's mostly i believe that arena stuff also is like a post game update so oh, okay. base game mm-hmm. it feels like that to me i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it is I think most of true. the is- base game and what you're going to expect to see if you just do main story yeah there's there's no customization really no cosmetics
1: is the game technically complete now?
2: No. Yeah. No. Huh?
1: Ba- yeah, just
2: the base game, it, the the story and everything, that's all there, but there's more updates planned, you know. There's new areas coming. Yep, yeah, that's in DLC. That's pos that's like that's, that's paid gonna be content. I thought that's a free update coming. I thought that
0: it was going to be paid DLC. Just the word DLC makes me see- makes me think that it's extended extra content.
2: Yeah, I think that that's a conception that's that's a preconception that's fair to have, but uh, I believe that there are a lot of things in the game right now that lend to the idea that it will be free. Because I don't even think you could uh, do, the new game plus wasn't originally in the game, and that was added for free. The arena, I believe, was added for free, and all those other quests. It, I really do think it would be free, and I guess that's just uh, speculation, but
0: that's how they've been doing it so far i mean they've been yeah it's that's a labor of love i think it would sure. be
2: strange for them to change that now yeah but i guess we'll just have to see in the future
0: yeah hopefully hopefully i mean because it'd be very nice to have it for free and we almost deserve it
1: yeah <laughs> you definitely deserve it if you got to the end of crosscode which <laughs> is an achievement i think i saw a pretty low amount of people on steam had that achievement
2: yeah, I didn't check that. Those are always interesting statistics because some I games don't have that number on me, twenty to thirty percent is you know what I expect to see on average. Watch this. oh okay, chapter ten twelve percent twelve point nine percent of people have completed chapter ten, yeah. got the com-
0: the achievement
2: for it. Mm-hmm. Huh. That that is definitely lower than what I would consider the average of uh, any game completion.
1: Mm-hmm. So thus we definitely deserve that free post game episode.
2: Mm -hmm. the way it's positioned in the game as well uh again trying to avoid any spoilers it does make it seem like it's intended to be seen as a part of the main experience Mm -hmm. and it's just you know it's just not there yet they haven't gotten around to finishing it
0: look man i think i think now let's yeah let's just start talking look we'll put it we'll do spoilers all right from here on out from here on out is spoiler territory we're gonna get into the nitty gritty. It's time
2: to take those shackles off. Let's just let's just go. There's more to talk about with the the mechanics and stuff, but that I think that'll just come naturally as we talk about some of the later like puzzles and, and character interactions and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, the uh it's it's too it's too taxing to talk it's too taxing to talk while tiptoeing around all these spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I think I think Kiowa has had he's been chomping at the bit to talk about some of this stuff. All right, Kiowa. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about the
0: post game stuff. Uh, yes. What's like you have the floor. What's what are you thinking here? Well, uh, okay. First, maybe we should give a, a, a um,
2: synopsis, right? Yeah, sure, an early yeah. lay of the land and where it ends up.
1: All right. Yeah, I'll I'll start that off. So. Basically, you're going through the game. Everything's fine. And ironically, I had the very first time I I stopped playing Crosscode because this is I I started the game. Wait, 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 wait! wait. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa! Don't reveal the big spot yet.
1: Oh, okay. I thought I I thought that's exactly what we were about to do. Oh, okay. okay. Fucking let me take the reins. Yeah, you take the you take the reins here. All you.
0: (sighs) Damn, dude. Oh. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry but I had to Okay. Listen. No, no, no. Cross code is about a character who logs into the game uh with amnesia, who has amnesia and is being instructed what to do from sort of a disembodied uh head, essentially on a screen telling you sort of what you're doing essentially you're logging into this character to reveal her memories because she's some integral part of this game's lore or what this guy Sergey needs from her
1: the IT the IT specialist on the your specialist. on your ticket number <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: he's the IT specialist and he sort of get he he directs you know Leah around and is essentially sort of, you know, responsible for, for setting her on her quest. But, uh, you know, you, you, Leo wakes up with amnesia, doesn't know what the fuck is going on, is playing in this virtual world. Um, and initially, you know, you're told that it's a coma, you know, she's in a coma and, you know, in playing the game, she's supposed to reveal sort of her memories, her dormant memories, um, which, you know, unlock some mysteries. And, you know that seems to be the case for a while because each time you log out, um, and it's it's a, you know it's Sergey logging you in and out of the game, um, but each time you log out, you sort of see these little flashbacks and mixing memories of present things and past things yeah. um, that seem to reveal a little bit about what's going on. But then,
2: Kaiwa.
1: Okay. So then at this point, it's revealed to Leah that she is not actually an amnesiac. She is, in fact, an artificially intelligent organism mm-hmm. produced uh, as a copy, a crosscode of another player, mm-hmm. another real uh, actual life player. And the memories that they that you've been recalling in your dream the whole time actually were that player's in-game experiences. Yeah. I can't
0: understate how well that was done in the game. Like, I think it's easy. It can be easy to, to figure out maybe that that wasn't the case. But it was just interesting because there's a character... Who you play as, oh, this game does kind of start in media Ray, doesn't it? No, it starts before. Either way, you play as a different character named Shizuka, who looks almost like inverted Leah. She's got inverted colors. She has a scar on her face. Yeah, it's been so she long looks... I almost forgot about that intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She looks a little, she looks very similar to Leah, which made me think like, obviously that's, that's to throw you off of the truth. But obviously you're, you're supposed to be thinking, oh, I'm this girl in a coma yeah you know or because they're so similar they're the same class they look remarkably similar and um but then they they throw this they, they hit you with a wet bag and they <laughs> they hit you with a I'm, i gotta i gotta say they hit you with a wet bag every time they hit you with a wet bag when it's revealed like it you're 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 built off of shizuka and you're not a real person and it, like, that scene was probably the, the, the pinnacle of the game for me, personally.
1: Yeah, and in fact, one of the things that that pissed me off about the game initially is that I bought the amnesia stuff, hook, line, and sinker. Mm. And I was just like, oh, come on, we've got another amnesia game here? Like, it it just didn't make sense to me that your character had amnesia like they somehow couldn't log out of their headset. Like this is some sort of black mirror episode Mm. and they're just trapped in this virtual reality headset, but they're also suffering from amnesia and somehow in like the game was like plugged into people's brains and it could like, you know, sense REM sleep and all this complicated stuff. And I thought it was such a stretch and it turned out that it was just a a bold faced lie, <laughs> just to tide you over long enough to reach a certain like point of no return where you could he could finally tell you the truth after you were like so invested in in the game basically.
2: In some ways, you did have amnesia though, um, so hmm. that wasn't technically a lie. But the other yeah, the other bit was a lie. Yeah, Leah did have amnesia.
1: Or, yeah, being her, in, a, in a coma and, and all that, I suppose. Yeah. But technically, she, well, did she? She didn't have amnesia, did she? She just not, had no not memories because exactly, she's a fresh
2: organism. But it's so close that, you know, it's hard to yeah. really c- conflate the two and, and call it a, a, a total lie. But, you know, it, it's inarguable that the coma story was a, a lie and a cover up.
1: It's almost as if the, the codes of each player's game had somehow crossed together. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's like Leah had,
0: uh, you know, she had both Shizuka's memories and then memories of, like, her development, too. Yeah. Like, she remembered things, like, when her body was even being put together,
2: it felt like she was... Yeah, she was experiencing those somehow in her moments when she was isolated uh, with the, the big bad right yeah she remembered the that developers. stuff so clearly right. it's old memories that she was just recalling so i guess in a way she did have actual amnesia ai ai <laughs> ai amnesia artificial amnesia I... <laughs> this is this episode's full of them
0: today <laughs> this episode's full of them full um, of zingers <laughs> but yeah the the scene specifically everything i think for me this is kind of going back to the slog of chapter eight for me Mm -hmm. and my biggest gripe was that the game climaxed almost for me in chapter seven when all these mysteries you know you you join a guild in the story and you know guilds are a big mmo thing and raids are a big mmo thing and you're about to embark on a raid with your best guild buddies in the game and you're like halfway through this crazy raid um And then you get stopped and teleported against your will to this other, like, off-limits, off-the-grid sort of playground with all these weird guys running around. And it's like everything is building up, mystery upon mystery. And then it all gets revealed with that that Shizuka thing when she, she barges into your room and is like, yeah, you're nothing but a copy of me or whatever, and, like, throws Leah around. And Leah is, like, so... It's so sad. Like she's just crumpled in this in this Zen garden, crying. And I just remember that scene. Like, oh man, it was heartrending. That was a big, big moment in the story yeah. for me, too, for sure. Mm-hmm. And you get through all this stuff, and like Lucas, you know, your party member is there. He got taken from the other side of the raid, and you're like, he's your one sort of solid bro while you're there. Your one thing holding you to all your other friends. The thing keeping Leah going, basically. And then it's revealed that everybody there is an AI, too. And so he was just an AI copy of the real Lucas, you know, one of your friends. And that's another like another punch in the face, you know, like that part was so well done and just like built up, you know, everything through through the game built up to this. And it was it was like executed very well. But then chapter eight comes. <laughs> and there's no story shit. There's hardly anything in the story after that. Like, there's a little bit where Leah's sad and she hangs out with Apollo and Jorn, who are just like total bros. They're they're cool as hell. And she just hangs out with them. And then they cheer her up, and then Emily is mad. Or Emil. what the, how
2: do you pronounce her name? I, probably
1: that? Emil. I, I I
2: said Emily, I don't know, it's difficult for me. She's she's mad and mm-hmm. she's like it's a french fucking... it's a
1: french girl i should say so i that's why i thought it was a Emile. it's probably yeah, more that's what correct. i was thinking
0: as well yeah but she's all pissed off and like there's there's a little bit of story you know she's being all spiteful and and shitty and hot like a bad she's a bad friend she's just being a bad friend and a bad person in general i don't like emile at all
1: emile's an npc in my opinion <laughs> that's the yeah. only reason she would not have known that leah wasn't like responding to her yeah yeah she's smooth brain dude capable of speech yeah absolute smooth brain on the bordering blurring the line between player and npc
0: (laughs) yeah so then yeah chapter eight comes and there's hardly any development in the story and you're just like have to do all these dungeons it's just after what happened in seven this pinnacle of the story you know this big reveal and then it's just punches you in the face with this three dun triple dungeon hardly any story exposition section of the game uh-huh. that was like the slowest shit and it just was such a slog and i hate chapter 8 so much
1: yeah you have to slog through it right after finding out so much crazy stuff that's going on where yeah. it doesn't reveal anything to to you actually about like what's going on the whole time you're going through that chapter and you're just anxious waiting for the next information to be like discovered about what's going on. But they make you jump through so much, literally three dungeons before they even like mention the plot again, Mm -hmm. the true plot, your plot. So that's a
0: big pacing issue to me. Mm. And that was when my playtime really started to slow down. The first time I played it, that's where I stopped too. Oh, and I, I remember v- why. I remember why now.
1: Yeah, the the first time I played part of it and stopped, it was actually before they even mentioned that she was an AI.
2: Hmm.
1: So I like genuinely thought that it was basically like her being a, you know, an amnesiac the whole game and just like trying to discover more, and that's kind of what like put me off about the game initially as well. Yeah but i i
2: I bought into the coma thing as well because that's that seems to be a common trope in these and in the subgenre even as they almost always do that in my experience so i i totally bought it i didn't i didn't think anything else of it and you know i was almost disappointed because i thought that they could go in in a, a unique way the way that they had been developing the lore and the plot of this game with the coma story that we hadn't seen stuff about uh the human condition and they went a different way that is also very very good and probably better in, in most ways but uh mm-hmm. initially i was like they uh, upset that they would go with the ai route because i almost feel that is just as cliche
0: yeah true i i i don't know i just think the way it was handled and executed was was excellent and Chapter Seven. While Chapter Seven gameplay-wise was kind of a slog too, it wasn't very fun. But it was, it was just really
2: tense and mysterious, and you were like, "What? I gotta see what happens." I didn't want to on? put the game yeah. down when during Chapter Seven, even though it for sure wasn't very fun because you were extremely restricted and just following mm-hmm. the the main story to do anything. Yeah, total emotional and... gut punch left and right.
1: Yeah. And I'd say, honestly, my biggest probably gripe of the game, the, the single biggest thing I have to complain about is that a lot of the time the game really did feel like restrictive. Like you're just on this track and you have to go through like the story as like these events sort of unfold around you when you like typically in MMOs, you have like a lot more freedom. But they hardline mm. you into this specific storyline where a lot of the times I wanted to just go, like, explore or just do combat or just, like, experience more of the MMO aspects of the game. But that's all essentially, I suppose, supposed to be late game stuff. Mm. Because Yeah, the
0: MMO stuff is just dressing.
1: Yeah, true. True. and uh... But they
0: paint it as, like... As if it weren't for sure, it
2: depends on the MMO too, because those for sure uh restrict you just as much, especially with their main stories you you mm-hmm. you can't access things in those games until you do main story quest either. I don't think there's mm-hmm. too much of a difference, and I never felt restricted outside of a couple specific story segments personally yeah
1: yeah, okay, well, I suppose that's one way to think of it i guess the uh I guess the point for me i where the game kind of got to be a little bit stressful almost like you know you're just playing this super fun like mmo cool universe rpg game and just exploring and finding out all this cool stuff and basically then when you get you're about to complete that raid like it just Mm. felt like such a good cool moment like with you and your party and like your friends and everything and that's like the moment where they stripped you from like the actual game so you never get to ever see what the end of that raid is like mm-hmm. and uh they they just take you to literally prison <laughs> yeah. and, and just throw you in baby jail
2: yeah i wish they would have given you an opportunity to go back and do that raid or do a different raid because they right? said there's more yeah. right Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. remember actually doing a different one. You know what's really cool and
0: also kind of weird about Chapter Seven? Hmm. Um, Sergey, he doesn't recognize that the Lucas you're with is uh, not a player, and it's interesting, especially because I knew ahead of time and I checked my player list, and like Lucas is online. Real Lucas is on- there are two Lucases in your in your friend in your contact list. Whoa. If you look. And they're different levels, too. Oh, So okay. it's like... And the other one is online, or he'll be offline, I think, while the other one, while the one you're oh. with is online. So if you, you know, if you're a savvy player, or, you know, if you know ahead of time, or if you just happen to cross it, you could be like, wait, what's... What is... Why is this, you know? But it's just weird that Sergey didn't notice. I don't know if that was a...
2: It must have been a just a... There's some weird oops. stuff in the whole game, I think, where they they just kind of hand wave some certain thing. Because if they wanted to real, realistically track someone like Leah in the video mm. game, I think it would have been significantly easier than they were making it out to be. Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple instances of that I think that you kind of have to look past. Right. But I, I think that's interesting as the player, you can discern the difference.
1: Mm-hmm. But also wasn't uh, wasn't Sergey like actively the whole game just taking measures to prevent them from tracking uh, Leah and like, yeah, trying to always underwrite stuff. And the fact that her speech was disabled or rather there was just no coding for her speech as an ev- as like her specific Evotar didn't have speech. So he had to hard write all of that into the game just for her. Sergei's a bro, man. Sergei yeah, like really Sergei. is probably the coolest character in my opinion. He's just like the unsung hero, always yeah. there trying to just like patch things up, make He's sure boy. certain bosses actively r- like hacking the game, exploiting the game Cheating around you to you. beat like a high level enemy to scale. And that was just yeah. so cool in my opinion when he would just scale your attack to the level, or past the level of the HP of the enemy, even to help you defeat an enemy that was way out of your level zone.
0: Yeah, like, the thing with... That was another cool thing with Chapter 7. It was such a fucking...
2: Chapter Seven's the best. It it got a really climactic end, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're breaking through the walls of this dungeon. You know, you're breaking the game, essentially, to get... To cheat and get out of this prison, essentially. And then... You know, you fight this boss who's like buffed to hell, like level 99 and has millions and billions and trillions of health. Mm-hmm. And then Sergey gives you all these health buffs to, or these health and damage buffs to like fight it. And you see these astronomically large numbers and you're like, this is so fucking cool. And you're like, it, it's so good. And then, and then chapter eight.
1: <laughs> and that was like, that was such a good, like, uh, that's a, like such a good comment on number inflation and mmos (laughs) yeah where the damage and big numbers yeah damage hp is in the millions trillions and whatever and and yeah they just kind of you know if he was
2: so good he could have just let you set its hp to one but he used some other complicated thing and made you rack up the exponents (laughs) stupid sergey he's not that smart
0: (laughs) can we um i want to talk about leah yeah okay um i really love leah so much and there's a lot there's a lot to say about the silent protagonist Mm -hmm. archetype and how it's used in this game and you know because leah's speech module doesn't work so she can't talk she's mute but the dude yeah sergey hardcodes words into her thing so she says like a few select words but the way that the sprite work and those words work with Leah's expression and character and stuff is just so fucking awesome. Yeah. Like I, I, there were so many moments where her limited word, her limited vocabulary, was used in a comedic effect, and it was also used in like such a heartrending, sad, uh, like way. And that's just such good writing, insanely good writing with with that because there's like those moments where you know i remember the first time that she was done hanging out with uh emil and uh she hadn't learned the word bye and right when emil was about to log out sergey was like oh i added this word and then she's like oh bye and it was like she was so stoked (laughs) that she could say goodbye to her friend and it was like really sweet and then there's the moments when you know when shizuka came in and was like accusing her and she couldn't she couldn't verbalize anything you know she hadn't had it's just uh, so good yeah so good
2: yeah the sprite work the facial mug shots that they got going on i i wasn't Mm -hmm. really into them at the start of the game but they definitely characterize people like leah very well especially later on
1: yeah Mm -hmm. just very interesting to write a character that can only like communicate with just that select few words and mostly like head nods and saying her own name like a Pokemon. <laughs> I love yeah. that her own name was... That, yeah, that's just good. <laughs> that, that became her catchphrase, her expletive. <laughs> and yeah, like it's, it's cool
0: how you as a player almost have to fill in the blanks of how her character behaves in a way. Mm. Like, or what she's thinking because she can't really verbalize anything so you kind of have to feel like it's she's really pretty complex in a way in that in that way she's cool
1: yeah so like uh what did you guys think about like those the four original coders of the cross code of the game the developers i should say
2: they were a good cast i think for the plot and everything and i'm glad that they weren't more of a focus even though you know in some ways the the plot revolved a lot more around them than it did you but then the story really more or less is about leah and her friends and her experiences
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: i really like that that's about true. the game overall is that you have a plot that's just in service to these characters
0: yeah like the writing yeah the writing is so good I'm 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 very into the story developments and and the focus on on Leah mm-hmm. and her her coming like there's a lot of lines that are really interesting in the game like uh just lines that people would say in passing like oh man i'm so busy you know i i don't have time to log into this game or whatever and you're like to this isn't a game to leah like this is her real life yeah and these like it's funny that people will say something in passing that makes it just seem like their real life is more important than this game Mm -hmm. and and sometimes that like hits Leah extra hard or whatever but it's really really sweet towards the end of the game when everyone is making they're doing the exact opposite like oh this is you know this is your world we're gonna fight to save you know your place Mm -hmm. and it was it was just really good it's cool like that juxtaposition between people's you know real lives and there's always the justification too for game i you know the gamer guilt Kaio and i always talk about <laughs> gamer guilt mm-hmm. and and they i mean they remember i remember them saying multiple times like oh man i'm i'm like wasting my life playing this game but i'm having fun so does that make it worth it you know oh I'm my just, god like, yeah. yeah you know it it's there's a lot of interesting things that they they kind of discuss in the game
2: there's a lot of good meta commentary and I yeah, it's all very good. Even the stuff mm-hmm. in passing, I listen to all the NPCs, and there's a lot to think about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: what did you guys think about the Evotars as like the as a character, like a a virtual intelligence organism? I guess since they're confined entirely to the Crosscode server, they're not exactly. Um, able to like bridge into like reality they couldn't exist outside of like that magnetic field or whatever that allows that powder that the evotars are made of to like have mass and like coalesce as a character
2: yeah it's a complicated question
1: yeah i feel like leah
0: it's (laughs) it's all about life right Mm. what do you consider what what's what do you consider life to be Um, and some of those evotars that you meet in the vermilion wasteland, like, are they even, they seem broken. You know what I mean? Like the only people, the only evotars that you really interact with that are like seem conscious of their existence is like basically the Lucas evotar and yourself. And then everyone else is, and in, um, Satoshi, he made an evotar of himself to continue his work. Other than that, it doesn't seem like a lot of the a lot of the Evotars that are in the Vermilion Wasteland even are aware that they're alive or anything because They 'cause yeah. they're just busted.
1: Yeah, and Lucas, I think, was they made a cross code of him at the exact moment that or I think they must have done that really close to when he was taken with Leah.
0: hmm Because Yeah, because the real Lucas wasn't taken. Cause, I think he just yeah, must have been
1: the Evotar Lucas knew that they were in the raid together. Yeah. So therefore, yeah. I think they must have done that specifically like to mess with Leah.
2: Mm-hmm. It's very
0: possible. But yeah, I think Evotar When I think of Leah, I know that I obviously has some cognizant thought. She knows, you know, she can understand that she exists and she knows... Uh, human emotions and empathy and she understands basic things like that so i think she's definitely if she's the prototype you know there can only be good things coming from evotars i'd say you know Mm -hmm. like i i just i i think they have every right to continue you know living and having a zone for themselves and you know able to be alive in in crosscode world what the fuck is it
2: called what's the world in crosscode called the play is it called the playground by everyone the playground they're on shadun which isn't even the real name um in the game it's called shadun and then it's like it's not called that in the real world
1: it's in the real world it's actually off the coast of iran
2: (laughs) no it's like still a a moon or something but it's called a different name they and then the the virtual area on the croissant is (laughs) the playground i suppose Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think they deserve to be saved
0: and, you know, further developed, I, I suppose. It's the classic I mean.
2: artificial intelligence story, I think, you know, mm-hmm. if you've seen or or watched any other media about AI, you know, the positives and negatives of where it could possibly go. So I think it's really a, a question I, I certainly wouldn't be able to answer. But, you know, Leah is for sure a good positive influence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and... Definitely, like, let's yeah the the very end of the game, like when uh, when you finally clear the the dungeon and you actually beat the final boss, you uh, based on some of your actions in the game, you can kind of it determines your fate basically the fate of all evotars whether or not mm. they were able to make like a good enough impression. On the players and especially the founders of the game to uh, basically, like, keep them around. So the outcome that I got in my playthrough was the bad ending. But they also Mm. give you a chance, though, to continue back and get the good ending Okay. in, like, a a separate sort of timeline-esque thing. I I was
2: curious about that. Did you, so
1: you, at first you didn't talk to Albert and whatnot? Yep. Nope. I did not talk to him and didn't really understand like what they were having me do in that new, uh, that beta area. Like I went in and I explored the area fairly well, but I just must've not seen that guy and not interacted with him. And, uh, because of that, I got this awful ending the first time through. <laughs> oh, oh man. it was sad. That's fucked. Because in the bad ending, literally the the founders of the game just decide, no, let's not keep Evotars. And they also say that we can't even keep the Evotars that were created. They make you wipe all the files of (laughs) all the Evotars, effectively deciding whether artificial intelligence is life or not. (laughs) And they decided, no, it is not life. And they just destroyed it all. Wow. And deleted That's... the fi- deleted the memory files, uh, so they couldn't so even Leah's keep them on dry storage. Erased. Yeah, in the bad timeline. That's extremely
2: Damn. sad. I had no
1: idea
0: yeah. about that. So you can, that I was wondering like that seemed missable. that seemed like a side thing.
2: Well, because it didn't seem that way to me. But when I opened my journal after, uh, I I went back in time, you know, for to do post game content. My journal said something that didn't happen it said it described what kiowa said even though my, i got a good ending weird that's really strange yeah yeah, yeah. They,
1: they literally decide to destroy all of the evotars because you weren't able to make a good enough you know impression on the player base they
0: they make a point to go Ooh, albert's gonna meet with his one of his friends he's going here and then they like say it multiple times and I was like, uh, okay. And they're like, go talk to Al- go find Albert for something or whatever. But you can also just go. You can also just go to the dungeon hmm. at the same time. Yep. I had that's right before the point of no return. And I was
2: like, okay,
0: interesting. But that's fucked up and sad. That's fucked up and sad. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's,
2: it's interesting to have multiple endings, uh, although. I don't know exactly what the point of having the bad one is, other than to make you feel bad for not going and doing the other thing, right?
1: And honestly, like the flow of the game, it seemed like they were just talking about stuff to me, and that's why I didn't like go and and, and see that guy. I thought that they were just kind of having a conversation about you know some more cool stuff that's going on in the mm-hmm. in the game world. I did not think it would have such drastic consequences. Yeah, because it cause seems there like are kinda, a lot of those. Yeah, you're just like on this track the whole game and like 95% of the game, it's all the same, but only this one tiny little set of actions that you can do will Mm -hmm. actively make a difference in Leah's fate. So that's very
0: strange. Yeah. Like that just seems like another kind of world building E type thing where they'd be like, he's just going to hang with his bros. And then you're like, okay, cool cool he can go hang with his bros and you know it's really weird and especially that it's it seems to be the one sort of optional story thing that you can do yeah
2: Yeah, story thing i find it very weird that it's optional but i mean i guess i was just exploring anyway i ran across him it it felt very natural that that was the intended you know mandatory progression for the game
1: Mm. yeah i guess it's only uh it's only uh your choice in the loosest sense of the word yeah exactly (laughs) because if you don't do it it's game over real game over. everyone
0: no one in there no one would ever do that on purpose no one would ever want to get the bad ending after going through all that yeah you know no one would ever go eh i don't i don't i don't want the evatars to you know you're not going to go through the whole fucking last dungeon fight the last boss
2: to just have that yeah, that seems extremely strange. There
1: there should there should be an ultra bad ending that <laughs> yeah. ends in the death of all of those lizard people as well. Sergey gets executed. <laughs> he gets, he gets caught in fire. Oh my god. Yeah. A nuclear bomb is detonated.
0: <laughs> the playground destroyed. You have to play a rhythm
2: game <laughs> to survive it. Mm. No. <laughs>
1: real people are taken to the island and and forced through the dungeons. (laughs) Yeah. Though I guess that wouldn't actually work, though, because they couldn't actually set foot on that land. Yeah, that's right. uh, Like Gotham did
0: at the end. Gotham, what a fucking insane guy. Yeah, that (laughs) was a
2: little wacky.
1: His cat's just chilling out next to him, but... (laughs) He be he become, become as he become as
0: gods in game.
2: Yeah. He, yeah, Isn't
0: that? Do you think? Well, there you go. That's another interesting thing about life, right? I feel like he'd obviously rather live in the game as a god. I wonder if he'd rather just live in the game than in real life as like a normal,
2: like as an evotar. Yeah, it seems that he answered that question for us. Uh, it's like some people get himself. so absorbed into what they're doing that the real world doesn't matter to them anymore. But
1: But he didn't even build an Evotar of himself like Satoshi did. Yeah, he
2: probably fucking should have.
1: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that seems like what a real villain would have done. They would have made like a a horcrux of themselves or something that would just remain in the game to preserve their digital legacy or whatever.
0: He didn't seem like too much of a big villain,
1: though. No, he 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 really wasn't bad other than he was... He was torturing artificially intelligent organisms. He was
0: he, he had a hand in that for sure. He was a participant. Yeah, he was, but he was responsible. Yeah,
2: clearly he, that was he wasn't. That just wasn't enjoying it or anything.
1: That was just the corporate side of Crosscode, though, making him do it. And what about Sidwell? Oh, I yeah. couldn't
2: even remember his name. He's a weird villain. Yeah, he's he a,
1: an early... anti-villain. It's I swear, man. I feel like well maybe a maybe a non-villain is a better word. He just kind of like eg- existed and he was literally just representing the interests of the shareholders and just trying to make the game like as interesting as possible. And he like spotted this huge potential HR problem, mm. which is the, uh, Evotars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's kind of, I guess he's more of like a Pontius pilot figure where it, like the choice was kind of up to him. Like he ended up being the whistleblower that, in my timeline, destroyed all of the Evotars, I suppose. So he definitely had some blood on his hands in that scenario. But if the Evotars, you know, could convince the world of their good, then they could basically, you know, then he's he doesn't have to make the bad choice either he gets
0: well, he, to he's, he made the bad choice i suppose he, was, yes, he did he was responsible for he said "Ooh, evotars how can i make a quick buck yeah oh let's yeah. torture them to get information from you know their knowledge of the player's life and then yeah. sell it on the black market like that's so fucked
1: okay yeah i suppose he's not so much of a non-villain <laughs> after all but
0: <laughs> yeah he's pretty villainous yeah but like i i just think he in 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 the sense that um he i, I guess i would consider him a non-villain because he didn't seem to have a presence in the game like he was I yeah. felt like he wasn't villainous he was in he came in the game like at chapter 7 for one scene and then didn't show up again until like the end of the game
1: yeah and that's true
0: the pa- the pa- <sighs> the pacing that's my big gripe man everything post chapter 7 is just like paced so weird it's just really strange you got three dungeons in chapter 8 You got, like, no dungeons in Chapter 9, but these little trials, which I thought was... I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. And then, like, a boss fight, which was kind of fun, too, but... And then Chapter 10 is just, like, the last dungeon. But, like, in between, there's not really a whole lot going on, you -hmm. know? It it feels really... It feels kind of rushed towards the end, but that's what I'm hoping this post-game stuff will rectify, because, you know, there's... Like, we were talking about Citron what the fuck is up with him he shows up at the very end and is like lamenting something
2: about the design of the game and he's in the wasteland
0: he's in the wasteland (laughs) and he said something about like yeah i would have or i would have said something about this or something like that about the or no because he knew what the evotar of lucas said
1: he's like yeah the
0: structural the evotar of lucas was talking about that lake to leah and she was like oh this doesn't really make sense i bet citron would have something to say about that lol and then they move on and then he's there at the end of the game, like, yeah, like confirming that he knew that
1: somehow. That is interesting. I did not uh, recognize that detail. But, yeah, very very suspicious how he was gone that whole time.
0: Yeah, there's got to be... This post-game thing will hopefully... it's Maybe it's a little weird to look at the game as a complete package right now.
1: Yeah, because honestly, like, the most like how everyone wants to know how does it end but it's just this big build-up and then this like the the second climax of the game uh basically it happens and then currently the outcome is barely known yeah like uh in my in my bad my first timeline was the uh just the awful timeline all evotars are gone so that's the end of it but then in the good timeline which is arguably the true ending of the game uh then leah is back and she'll she'll be but even in that one she'll they just said that she'll be reinstated in just a matter of months or something so you can't even actually play after that so you can't find out what happens next it's it feels like they did like intentionally stop short and I guess the fact that this game has been out for so like long already, and they still don't have this post-game uh, episode like they promised, mm-hmm. I I think that means that it's going to be a pretty big deal when they release it. Like it might they. That's why I was thinking that they might even do a second game. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And just yeah, that call makes, that the but, post-game episode.
0: Yeah. I wonder how big there's a lot I feel like there's just more that can be going on and I just wish the pacing was a little bit better towards the end and I don't know like
2: I just I really hope this post game episode clarifies a lot and and justifies a lot too I didn't have too much of a problem with the pacing I guess but my playtime was broken up so strangely that especially chapter eight you know it was obviously long and 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 whatever but you know, once I was already nearly done with it by the time I got back to playing really again and everything else was smooth sailing to me Mm -hmm. and the ending, I liked the ending, but when you put it in that frame of Lee is not even there at the end and there's this time gap and we don't know truly what was up with Tronny. I I guess in a way, yeah, it almost does feel like there's more to be known, but I, I still like the conclusion. It does feel mostly complete to me. It's it's pretty bare bones I feel though, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm just saying, you know, in my in my opinion, I think it felt good to me. Yeah, it, it does feel like you did something for sure.
0: As I don't know. I guess
2: I yeah, what
0: you were saying about smooth sailing, I think that might be the issue for me. Was like, yeah, it was it was way fast to get through after chapter 8, it was like a blink and you're done with the game basically. And I just think that was just kind of weird. And it felt like they could have a little more exposition or anything. I mean, there was a big scene in uh, the old hideout in chapter nine. It just felt like there was only just a handful of, of, of nice scenes at the end, sort of explaining what the plan is. Everything felt really thrown together at the end, I think. It was like, like the whole Evotar conundrum. It just felt like the last maybe, you know, couple hours of the game. It uh-huh. was it was thrown into the limelight, and same with like maybe there wouldn't even be need for a post game chapter if they didn't say if they didn't show like Citron at the end or take decide to take him out for some reason at the end, uh-huh. and you know just let you keep playing after you uh, reinstate all the evo tars. Like if that was the case, you wouldn't even need a, a post game thing if it was just like oh, she gets reinstated today, wahoo! And then you log in and you can do all the end game like post game content.
1: Yeah, just a, a few more scenes of dialogue pretty much just saying, "Oh, Leah, I can't believe you're back. Oh, let's go, let's go do a raid or something." And then they just code a raid into the game or they build a, a couple new bosses and maybe there maybe afterwards that area that was in beta is developed or something. And then you can go down there and there's like end game dungeons and raids and all sorts of like high high tier loot and stuff. All those shops are open. Yeah, I feel like they could have just tied a nice ribbon on it, very easily. But the fact that it's taking them like, like when was this? When did this game come out? 2018, I think. Yeah, I believe it's 2018.
2: And with COVID this year, I'm sure it's been delayed. Whatever their plans were. Mm -hmm.
0: It's just interesting this post game thing. Like you can almost, it seems like if if you just change some minor things, then you don't even need it.
1: That's you know, true if you
0: take out the Citron thing, if you take out the fact that you can't play as Leah at the end, it seems like everything's wrapped up, and so this post game thing, I don't know if it'll justify
2: its- its own existence well, and i hope I hope it does the way I look at it is I like the mystery of Citron, you know I don't need a conclusion to that personally, and uh if you consider the factor of time in this game and how they were trying to be consistent you know if if it if it's gonna take a long time for them to to decide and bring Leah back in the game, suddenly remember that dungeon that didn't go anywhere in Sapphire Ridge. Now, you know, what are they going to have to say about that? All these content updates mm-hmm. characters in the game are talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to consider in that small decision.
0: It's just, it's a, it's a weird decision for sure to make a, to make the post game thing. or be a story, you know, addition, but I'm hoping it's good.
2: I hope it's not bad. Is that yeah. fair? Is that fair of me to say? <laughs> yeah, I think that's very fair. I, who knows how substantial it will be
1: when the post-game content comes out i wonder if the outcome of that will change anything of the major plot like mm-hmm. will there be some really serious stuff because uh, it's all going to be technically canon though right anything yeah, in the post-game so. episode so i just feel a little bit sad not knowing fully how things will wrap up
0: yeah it feels incomplete mm-hmm. just with the little teasers they made at the end like you do you achieve what you want but then they put they put a little some uh some carrots on string and now we're like what there there can be more i need to see more if they're gonna tease it yeah
1: right now like, we gotta wait. you can just assume that it's a happy wonderful ending or a horrible terrible ending if you got my <laughs> version of it <laughs> but uh yeah otherwise there's yeah, you just got to wonder what is in that post game Well, look at it
2: like this Imagine the game just ends with whatever ending you got and Citron uh, making his statement, and then there wasn't that post game bridge, and we didn't know about post game. You know? Mm-hmm. What if we just didn't know then about we'd it? Then we go. There's got to be a sequel. Yeah. Yep. Th- that's all I would think. Yep. And I think their issue is mentioning or like having it in game already before it's there, because that's a very yeah. early access thing. They're giving the wrong impression, I think.
0: Okay. Let's talk about the last dungeon. I got to be honest. I got to be real honest, and I got to kind of out myself here, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm ashamed of it, but I have to bring it up. <laughs> you guys ready for this big I'm ready.
2: Show? Is this going to tie into other dungeons as well, or is are we specifically it's focused? It's specifically
0: for the last dungeon for me. Okay. And I feel pretty bad about it, but I had to do it, Okay. Okay. Fuck!
2: <laughs> Never mind. I'm gonna edit this out in post. Forget it. Let's keep going.
0: Let's keep talking.
2: I, I, I thought well, I'm okay. gonna out myself, but you'll hate me for it. Okay? Is that okay? Uh, sure. I thought the last dungeon was weak because it was mm-hmm. too easy.
0: Yeah, I think. Listen, 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 listen. I think the last dungeon was easy. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. Ha- I liked. I liked the little mechanic that they added. Yeah. Like, the, the little shield absorber thing. I think that was cool, and the way it was used in boss fights was cool, too. Okay. I'm glad I'm not alone. Kyla, you know... Oh, sure. What about you, man?
1: Yeah, I uh, I actually kind of struggled with the last dungeon. Just, it was particularly that one puzzle uh, right before you advance to the, the final boss <sighs> of the tower. Yep. Yeah, that's what Just, my thing was about. I cannot even begin to imagine how many times I repeated that puzzle hmm just like moving stuff and and it was at the point i I've been using a controller all game I don't know if you guys have been using mouse yeah, and I keyboard. was yes. controller. Uh,
0: controller
1: controller okay well I had a hard time uh reacting on my controller fast enough to like move my like reticle and my sights to like shoot all of the the blocks and and the and the magnets and the and everything i needed to shoot right so i had to switch to my keyboard in order Mm. to like aim quicker and like yeah more more precisely yeah so once once i finally started doing that it was much easier to get get through that stage but it still just took me so long what uh what were you gonna say about it cole you had more to
0: say before
2: yeah the everything before that is obviously them trying to bring in facets of every element together but then they still cordon off each you know room to just one or two elements so you, you know they could have used a lot, utilized it more um but then you see oh they saved it all for this big final puzzle now you have to swap between elements very quickly you have to and and a recurring thing in the game is it's not just a puzzle based on logic. You also have to react in time with that logic to get it down. Mm-hmm. And this was mm-hmm. such a big puzzle. They, they lampshaded in-game with Sergei mentioning something about <laughs> it. It's Yeah. I've, either you sit there for a long time and try to figure it out or you do it right away and you feel guilty because you know everybody else had a hard time with it. My heart was yeah. beating so fast on that last one when I cleared it.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was there was certain things that I was definitely able to probably have a, a super easy time with that that jumping technique because mm-hmm. I was able to jump across like very like I know they wanted me to go a certain way, but I was able to just launch myself across these huge gaps and and find my way onto all sorts of platforms and sometimes get around obstacles and dungeons if it allowed for it um but and yeah that definitely that breaks. yeah that last one is the uh probably the one that i struggled with the most mm-hmm. of any puzzle I, in the game i used to
0: like those i used to like those gauntlet puzzles at the end of each dungeon oh yeah but i thought they were cool it was like a really good it was fun it was like a fun challenge but i just got so i got i can't i coined a term i coined a term that i wrote down in my notes oh boy uh once chapter eight came around i call it puzzle fatigue Mm -hmm. i got so fucking sick of like these long ass puzzles and just taking so long trying to figure them out like once chapter eight came and you had to do three of those huge gauntlet puzzles and then you know one of, or was there one in the last dungeon in the Mm -hmm. grand temple i don't think there was a big massive puzzle like that no there was in the other two for sure because um, they're at the end of each dungeon. Yeah. But this one, this one, this last one was like, it was so fucking frustrating because of the controller thing too. Mm-hmm. And like, and if you make one mistake, you got to reset all the stupid fucking things back to their spots. You have to ch- like switch everything that you changed once already to try to get to where you fucked up. It's like, it was really frustrating. But I, I, I think those puzzles are good. But. The thing that I have to reveal is that I changed the puzzle speed down for that last mm. puzzle. I turned it to 50%, and I feel like a cheater, What? but I was getting so fucking There's sick There's a of
2: lot it. to unpack here, but go on. Yeah. Go
0: on no, if you I, have uh, more.
1: You can change the puzzle right.
0: speed. You can change the puzzle speed in the options, yeah. <laughs> that, if I would have known I that...
1: Down. I
2: just... At the beginning of the game, they give you a, a meter for it, right? Mm. When you very uh, first start. Yeah. And yep. and, and I want to say very quickly that i really liked it because there is an air on that they mention on that meter they say the game is intended at 100 percent, but turn it down if you want like there's no judgment there if you need it or you yeah. want it just do it you know there doesn't need to be elitism about it
0: yeah and i turned mine down to i think it was either 50 or 60 percent for that puzzle and then i beat it i beat it right away but it just changes the speed of the like it it it, those the the last puzzle specifically didn't even feel like a brain teaser it wasn't like yeah it was very direct
1: it was like a very direct path to what you needed to do it's just like a matter of reaction time and boy if i would have known that there was that slider i would have loved to turn it down because i just because of the struggle of it and especially like the, the game, I will say, can be definitely hard to play, especially if you're working or, or you're really mm-hmm. busy. You got a lot of stuff going on. Headaches. We yep. all had headache stuff. <laughs> and
0: it was like, you don't want to do a fucking huge dungeon puzzle um, gauntlet. Exactly. When you have a headache.
1: Yeah. And that was the. That's when everything was like colliding for me. And I was just like super busy with work, had a mm-hmm. ton of stuff there's going a on. The,
0: there's a reason this episode's been delayed. And it's, yeah. you know. It's, these things are, some of this is hard. (laughs) This is a hard game. Yeah, I'm Uh,
1: honestly very surprised by how difficult this game has been compared to games that I'm used to playing. mm -hmm. You know, it's good. I think, like I said, man,
0: those gauntlet puzzles feel so good when you, when you, when you best them. But I just felt like guilty as fuck turning my thing down on this very, like I got through all the game, all the whole game. And then I was just so fed up with it and because it was yeah like i said i knew the solution i just was having this aiming trouble with my controller switching to the thing switching to the elements and getting everything in position just in time Mm -hmm. and i was just like that's when i sent you cole on discord (laughs) i was like
2: (sighs) (sighs) well maybe 50 percent was a bit overkill if you wanted to keep any any pride and feel less guilty about it but regardless the controller thing is a for sure issue you know uh it can't be helped when you, when you know in your head, I can do this, but not everything, not everyone is capable, uh, and sometimes it's just your tools. The controller thing is a problem throughout the whole game, and it's, it's so easy to see how it would be a problem there when your reactions need to be tight.
0: Yeah, tight. And then... I don't know about you guys, but that last boss took a long fucking time. I for was me.
1: looking at the clock while I was on that boss, and it took me literally a full half hour to beat.
0: Yeah, it was like so long, and I felt it was kind of a slog, too, because, you know, you fight the dude in his first form, you fight him two times, I think, in the game before. Yeah. Or is it just one? Uh, well, you fight yeah, him at times. the
2: start, I think, but, you know, they completely amp it up by like multiple factors each time
0: yeah and i just (sighs) i just didn't like the last boss too much but it was it was kind of cool it it just had that same thing where they wanted you to sit through all these um all these phases
2: and it felt like really too drawn out for the last boss i I completely agree i don't have an issue with the other ones but that last boss is excessive
0: yeah, it's, like, the last but the last boss has, like, 20, but he has so many little bars, so and you many. can't bring them down past the one threshold, and it takes so, fuck, it took, ugh. the one last one with the elephant, the final phase, it took so long to wear his shit down for me, and I was just, like, trying to get, trying to break him for so long, avoiding all his attacks, I gotta tell you, that green tea,
1: that green <laughs> oh, tea I tried yes. that I liked-
0: that shit saved me in that last bo- bo- battle. <laughs> in that last bottle. That bottle of green tea really saved me in that last battle. <laughs>
1: yep. Green tea was, was so good because the damage is so, like, spaced out in that fight. So the green tea, the regeneration you get from that is just next level. Um, but, yeah, though, uh, honestly, that fight, I-, I found it to be pretty intense because when I realized the time commitment of that fight when i got down to like the last 3 like bars of his health i was like what if he just has a sudden spike in power and starts doing hella big damage and i, ga- I came very close being super undergeared for the fight i came very close to dying a few times in the last couple bars so it was it was really intense for me
0: yeah but, and that fight has the thing it has that thing where you have the exponential power growth yeah. you need to kill these little guys so then, even if you expose his weakness or get a chance to attack him, you can't do any break oh. damage or anything unless you're, like, full Yeah, power. that's dumb, too. And that was stupid as hell. Like, I just... I wasn't into that. But otherwise, I, I thought it was... You know, the attacks were cool. Like, the whole fight itself was fun and, like, kept me on my toes. And each of the attacks and reactions and dodges, all that was, was fun to, to play with, but to play against... But then, yeah, you know, you had to wait for that. Wait for him to put his little balls down, and then even if you get the power things, the balls still attack you while you have your your precious chance to like attack him after you break. Oh, they become his intangible at
2: that point too. You can't even get rid of them.
0: Yeah, you can't get rid of them or get a power boost, but they still like hit you if you're trying to, you know, exploit his his finite time of, yeah. of you know. <sighs> I don't know. It just felt like they didn't really know when to stop.
2: Yeah, even in in the story, it doesn't make too much sense as Gotham wanted that. He designed it to be uh, over over the top in every way for the the ultimate experience, but you'd think that Mm -hmm. he would make it beatable at that point. Why would he want to just annihilate you with all this bullshit at the end if if it was supposed to be fun for everybody? Yeah, he's playing too much Dark Souls too. Yeah, yeah a little bit. And he's like, let's just make this shit dumb as hell. <laughs> I think the last boss is significantly more tolerable, and even, as we were talking earlier, the pacing of the later chapters is when the culmination of a lot of side quests happen, and uh-huh. they add a lot more flavor and equipment that help you get through the game more easily, oh, yeah. I think
0: it just sucks the time commitment of side quests cuz a lot of them are fucking slogs too yeah, i don't some the of them side quests are quest for sure. felt so yeah. dumb like there are some good ones but the amount of just they just were so long i don't know why they they were so drawn out and just felt like time sinks that i just kind of stopped doing them all the time
1: yeah like the one I tried to keep up with side quests a lot, but when I get to when I got to the jungle zone and there was that side quest with all like the city like mob and stuff going on there, like mm. I'm sure that's how you unlocked that like second market area or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just never had. I was like, I'd rather continue the plot than like like who would logically like at knowing what they knew at that point in the game like decide to go and do a bunch of little like silly in-game side quests when the, that's the... when the stake of artificial int when when artificially intelligent <laughs> organisms lives are at stake so that's like... the
0: uh that's the jrpg thing like the world is always at stake so and then you know you're sitting there grinding and like getting equipment for like fucking 60 hours before saving the world it's just a rpg thing for sure but it's really funny to look at it through that lens. But yeah, there I gotta give the game props though, there was a good variety of side quests for the most part. Definitely. Like there was it wasn't all just like go kill these guys or go run and pick this item up. There were like cool challenges and, you know, timed combat things and defense things and other things like that. I,
1: I particularly liked the uh like in the encyclopedia style quest that given by that one guy who's always messing around with that little device. Oh, and yeah. then he just wants you yeah. to go collect the fauna, rocks, all this different stuff, you know, for mm-hmm. for certain areas. And I eventually found that his home was in Sapphire Ridge. Mm-hmm. He's he's, part, he's, a, he's
0: not part of the game. He's illegally gathering information of the game too. If you yeah. follow that side quest, but he
1: he like has an operation set up at like the Sapphire Ridge zone too. In that, and you dojo. guys finished.
2: That one,
0: right? That's
1: another. That's another thing. Is
2: he an NPC? Did you guys didn't finish that or what? I don't think I, don't I, finished, think I finished, finished the whole quest. Oh line. boy! Uh, <gasps> Let's hear it. That one Henry. is very interesting, um, and I I think really quickly I want to just say what about what you mentioned before is that I think there's only a couple side quests that really felt like slogs, um, and it's almost all Chapter Eight for me. I think everything else paid off. This one mm-hmm. paid off very well. Because you learn from that guy, uh, that admin that follows you around. He mentions, yeah. oh, this, guy's, this guy isn't in the registry. I can't log him off or anything. He must be a real person in the game. Yeah. And you go to his hideout, and it's all a setup. It's all a quest to make you think he's a hacker, but it was all just for fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was about to say, So
0: they, so even the developers of the game break the fourth wall
2: from mm-hmm. players and not even Let's the
1: admins them. know about it this little it's Easter a very
2: egg. it's a very fun quest i think with a good ending that's cool
1: well flat but, fast yeah, forward to the post-game episode and that guy is sitting there <laughs> and he's like ha those stupid evotars they think <laughs> that i'm just an npc but in reality <laughs> i've been pulling the strings the whole time <laughs> yeah. he, he's citron <laughs> oh my yeah. god that would be insane but yeah that's that's cool like i
0: didn't i didn't realize that you know that's fine it's just like a lot yeah i don't know the i think what put me off was that goat quest in yeah. chapter oh. or whatever and the like the one where you just follow that goat around forever and then there's ones where you've like have to uh there's just so many dumb fucking quests and it, it, it it just didn't seem like they would pay off to anything for me. I, I didn't just think there were like, very
2: many dumb quests. I, think I thought there the were most a obnoxious lot. ones were in Gaia's Garden because that place is so huge, and it was just uh, frustrating to navigate it for so long. But the rest seemed, you know, over in a in a flash.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't. You know, I'm glad they turned out to be something substantial, but it always seemed like ah, foiled again. You know, uh, we missed this guy. We'll have to get him when you beat the next dungeon. And then it was just like, oh, great! More, you know, it didn't seem like it was gonna pay off to anything other than, you
2: know, meager amounts of experience and money. And so I mean, you might have items. thought that about Leah's amnesia and the coma and everything too. Writ that off. Wrote that off. Sure, that's the main story though. I, that's not an optional. <laughs> that's not optional content <laughs> that I have to. I'll like, say sit. that the Dakar quest, where you're collecting the broken weapons from those really complex puzzles, and I had yeah. to, you know, I couldn't even figure out where to go for one of them at least. Um. And I had to look that up. That one for sure did not end satisfying for me. I thought oh, that really? one that's was the one biggest that, I thought... that was the biggest letdown because it had the biggest build up. Yeah, that's the one I was like, I want to keep doing this, but yeah, I got stumped on it too. Yeah, I and never I was, was
1: like, able to finish that one either. Why was it such a letdown?
2: It ends up he's like, Oh, I just misunderstood my kids. They'll hang out with me whenever. <laughs> and then they walk <gasps> off. And then you you have like this building you can go into and I thought maybe, oh, it's a dungeon. And you have to go and get some of the uh, guild members together for it, too. So it's kind of like bringing in the main story elements, mm-hmm. too. And then you just go in the building. It's instanced. It's one room. You get some CP and a little bit of lore. And it's it. It's over.
0: Wow. Nice.
2: I, I think yeah, that nice. was a very big letdown in terms of the side quests. No broken
1: yeah. weapons assembling into one mega Those are the keys. Weapon. Those are
2: the keys to open the place mm. you go into and then mm. it's you know the lore of the game in the end is dressing it's inconsequential all the stuff that they wrote you know none of it uh, matters in the grand scheme and so getting more of that felt very hollow
1: yeah
0: interesting i don't know i just didn't i wanted to devote to, to devote my play time to any, any other stuff you know, yeah, other
2: no, than side no, quests, no judgment there. I, I just I would disagree in that the side quests were bad. I liked pretty much the majority of them.
1: Yeah, and and my preferred means of leveling, anyways, was just straight combat because it was just fun to run around and just get just those huge combos of enemies destroyed.
0: And the music gets so good, yeah. dude. When you are in that S rank, oh, that mm-hmm. S rank music song that plays, the musical number.
2: Yeah.
1: Ooh. Damn. I love how the game even like pauses when you get into S rank so that you know how serious it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's an experience to get into an S rank.
1: Oh my
0: god. Okay,
2: we got to talk about
0: the music cuz the soundtrack in this game is fucking it's really good. really
1: really, yeah. so really good. good. Especially the songs out in Sapphire Ridge. Woo. Sapphire the, Ridge. There's a lot of
2: good. standouts too even among a good, a good and great soundtrack. Dude bergen village that has
1: that was a real good tune bergen village i think
2: that might be one of my
0: favorite songs this is just like uh, i was yeah the music was always really really good it just you know i never felt like there was anything out of place i did have this weird bug i don't know if you guys had it it would be this weird music looping bug you guys have any music looping issues Mm -hmm. but did your music loop excellently perfectly well I don't recall there, anything
1: if there were bugs i didn't notice them
0: uh, it's a music yeah my music sometimes like would it wouldn't seamlessly loop it would <gasps> oh. like trail it would trail off and then the song would also start again while it was trailing off so it would be two <sighs> layers of like things like the song happening at different times and it'd be really fucked up
1: wow really fucked up, okay if that
2: happened was, like, i didn't notice it somehow because That doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, it was strange. Uh, I didn't know what was causing it.
1: Yeah, I don't think that happened to me, but I I could imagine that happening and being pretty frustrating or weird.
2: Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) There was a lot of, uh, in the soundtrack. There were certain songs that gave you like the Metroid All Alone in Space sort of vibes. You know, the whole game's very Zelda-like. So there were some upbeat sort of symphonic Zelda tunes. There's so much inspiration and in, in, uh, light motif in the soundtrack. I love the whole thing. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very and well done soundtrack. It's like. on Spotify, and you can buy it too. Oh, it is on, on Spotify. It's on. Fuck you yeah. can listen to the whole thing. Yeah.
0: Oh my awesome.
1: gosh. Good to know.
0: It all goes back to the to the labor of love. Like this is the music and art and story and everything works together in such a caring a way that you know that these people cared a lot about this game. Everything is just so coherent. It's just really good. It's really really
2: good. There's some post-game stuff too that they they don't really they didn't really quit on it afterwards, which is why I mm-hmm. have high hopes for the uh, the the post-game episode. But there's a quest uh that you you break through the boundaries of of the game with this like uh anthropomorphic animal guy. And that mm-hmm. was really awesome and funny. And I don't know if you guys did that or the other one where you have to collaborate with people who have the console version of the game to get <laughs> the secret into this extra dungeon. That's just so silly.
1: Oh, wow. That sounds good.
2: Yeah. Maybe I'll have to check those and out. And the arena and all the cosmetics. Uh, there's very cool things that came out even after the game launched. So, if you know, if someone hadn't played since then, that's worth revisiting. Yeah. Yeah. I would be looking forward to a crosscode too. Me too, very, honestly, very much. If there's any sort of follow up, but who, you know, how could they possibly match the scale of the plot like this one?
1: Or if uh, Radical Fish Games is listening to this podcast right now, and I know they are, <laughs> uh, I'd play your crosscode online if you were if you would make some sort of online iteration of that game. Please make crosscode
0: online. Yes, please. <laughs> we, yeah, I, I really. I mean, this is their first game? Is this their oh, first game, it? Radical? I'm I'm not sure. On the Steam store it says there's their only it's their only game, and that's fucking insane. Wow. I mean, maybe the people who are involved have made other games, but as a studio, Radical Fish Games like this is like I'm excited to see what other stuff they end up making cuz this is such a good cohesive package.
2: I was thinking about you know how how rare it is to have a game where I'm invested in the plot anymore enough to keep reading it over halfway into it, and how few games it seems like I play where i'm I'm constantly thinking and reacting all the time in the combat like I am in cross code it this might have made you know one of one of my top lists of games like ever mm, because wow. I really, really was enamored with this game.
0: That's awesome. That's really awesome. To it hear. was
2: an understatement when you guys told me, "Hey, we played this. We liked it. Let's let's do a podcast on it." And I looked at the screenshots and thought, "It looks cool." You know, I did not know what I was in store for. I,
0: I remember specifically even saying, "This is this is a game for Cole." Yeah. This is like I think yeah like I I I was like Cole would like this game too. It did seem it did seem like it was right up your alley. It does I have heard. platforming in it. Yeah it has platforming in it and it's good
1: okay also, yeah it's a good, good game i'm i'm on the main uh site for radical fish games and apparently a few things uh leah's an unlockable character in one step from eden correct mm. yes
2: she is i've played that game too yeah. and it's a good one
1: and there, the post-game dlc looks like it's gonna be raid heavy or boss heavy or something and the bosses Ooh. look amazing like real yes, like we're talking much, real great. bosses this time around
2: good this time
1: not just big sun wukong <laughs> bosses and a whale <laughs> a big whale
0: with sun wukong
1: <laughs> just on here. just a whale just a real life whale i think it was just it was just called whale in that <laughs> boss fight right <laughs> that's
0: cool yeah very good experience playing the game, even with all those gripes and the uh the slowdown and kind of lack of I had a big a pretty I had puzzle fatigue. Yeah. I didn't want to play that much around chapter eight, but it picked up again and I you know, try to power through just try your best to power through chapter eight and all those puzzles. Yeah. It gets good. It gets I mean it, it
2: well <laughs> it gets good.
0: No, it it gets good in the middle and then it kind of like falls way down for a little bit for me and then it stands back up again maybe not reaching the same heights as chapter 7 for me yeah but i think it's like i was still super invested in the story and that's why i didn't like chapter
2: 8 that much because there was not a lot of story yeah going on. i have no defense for chapter 8 i think that's probably one of the biggest turnoffs in the game For me as well, if I was thinking about it. But otherwise, you know, a lot of the problems you guys had, I was lucky enough, I didn't really have them, but I played the game in a different, you know, a different way where I was trying to interact with everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if that was my saving grace or not. And the break we took in the middle of the bad chapter gave me respite from that anyway.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot of negative things to say about it. I think it was, this game is awesome.
2: This is like adult Zelda to me. It's got more nuanced combat. It's got more complex uh, puzzles, and it's got more character and plot in it. But otherwise, you know, if you look at it, a little, just about a surface level, it's it's like two D Zelda. This yeah. game plays like those. Yeah, right.
1: Definitely a, a very interesting game to play. Something that if you want to play a game that's totally different from you know, many games you've ever played, I guess if you, or if you're invested in the Dot .hack series, that's the only thing I guess that could be compared to. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a fresh and very unique experience. Yeah, uh, lovers of
0: Dot .hack, you know, um, <laughs> if you love Dot .hack, you probably won't like this game because it seems like you only love bad, shitty you know?
1: games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. joking.
2: No, I don't know i'm gonna say that in the future i think it's gonna be hard to beat crosscode wow in my book when we put it Ooh. when we put it against other games because it left a great impression on me so
0: dude that's so i'm so glad yeah i that's really so awesome. i
2: strongly recommend this game if you think you'd be into it and you know turn that slider down for puzzles who cares you know just see it yeah. through to the end yeah yeah see it it's definitely worth it and depending on when you pick it up hopefully
0: that dlc chapter will be added in and you'll just have a maybe even more of a complete experience i mean the Definitely. experience there is com- it's complete for sure but they they dangle little you know carrots in front of you th- it's showing you that there's going to be more there so could and, be, and, just and just looking so at the developer
1: be. website that post game content is going to be very cool so yeah
0: i'll and, be looking and forward yeah to. it's a labor of love for sure they keep adding more stuff so i'm sure the game is just going to keep keep getting better as time goes on for sure well yeah i guess that about wraps wraps up our talks on on the video game crosscode i think we covered everything we wanted to talk about and i think you know it was a a lot of fun talking about it this has been a long time coming too that we've all been wanting to talk about it and kept our lips
1: sealed yep
0: um but yeah what do you say we uh we reveal the next game for the listeners well how what did are they, we what are they how
2: did we get onto this game i'm i'm curious you know what what it's been so long you know i forget onto cross. yeah this is the mutual this is
1: the, this is the mutual yep pick. the mutual pick from our mutual pool of games and then how about the next one the next one who's picking the next one that would be me Oh,
0: shit. Well, what game? What game are you picking? Well, I'm glad yeah, you asked. I don't know.
1: I'm glad you guys asked because uh, the next game that we will be playing in the Kaiwa's first official pick of the MidFest podcast it's going to be Hades by Supergiant <laughs> oh. Games.
2: <laughs> Hades by Supergiant Games. <laughs> yeah, you got to throw that Supergiant in there because that lights people up like fireworks. Yep. Hell yeah. Hades, a rogue light. Rogue Light, I think it's the the latter, yeah. yeah. But it Rogue Light, yeah.
1: Yeah, I played a bit of this game already, and I've got to say, it's a hell of a good time.
2: <laughs> oh my God, we need to end the episode now. <laughs> we need the closing statements.
0: Fuck this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Have a good night. Uh, happy midnight. Whatever. <laughs> happy,
1: happy midnight. midnight.